Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 430 for the week of June 24th, 2017. I'm your host, Chris Privetier. I am here to give you our first show since E3. Woo, E3, the Electronic Arts. Yay. Wait, the Electronic Entertainment Expo. The Electronic Arts Expo is a different thing and more focused on sports, probably. Uh, joining us today, I have Kelly Ryan. You already heard her cheering. Hi, Kelly. Hello. Uh, Anna Marie Privetier. Uh, sports TV sports? Sports TV sports. Alice Wilkinson. Uh, E3 happens. Wow, I think I was asleep for most of it. Ah, mm-hmm. Uh, and Harry Papa Dimitrio. Hey, well done. Yeah. <laughs> now pronounce his first name in Greek. Haralampos. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> Harlambos. Um, Harlambos. Yeah, that's yeah. not bad. <laughs> Harry. His name's Harry. Uh, and Jonathan Stringer returns. I am back. Woo! Jonathan, who's been moving houses for what feels like half a year. It has been half a year. Oh, it has it been. It feels like that. Because it is. Okay. Moving is a pain. Yes. Oh, yeah. But now has and a dedicated it... Skype room. <laughs> yeah. Only for Skype. It's like your own danger room. You just retreat yeah. there whenever there's an invasion. Two little kids, it's like an invasion all the time. Uh-huh. So obviously you've been in that room just playing The Division this whole time, right? I haven't played The Division in a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably That was the best. fun and then flamed out. Mm. Oh, I think they're still adding stuff to that game. Yeah, I didn't dislike it. It was fun, like I said, for a while. Just it, like a lot of those games, it kind of gets repetitive. So, right, Jonathan, you've been away for us the most, so we're gonna get an E3 here in a bit. But first off, let's do our our normal "What you've been playing" segment. And Jonathan, you've been away for so long. I really wow. am curious what the heck you've been doing. What have you been playing recently? How far do I even dial that back? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I if I did know. that, well, to be honest, I haven't been able to play that much because I've been busy been doing moving. this. <laughs> getting the old house to sell, ready to sell, and then moving on to this one and doing it with little kids. It's just, it's a very in and work in the middle of it. Well, so. obviously, you need to sell the children. Yes, at least need to get older. Though my daughter started playing; she's four and a half. Super Nintendo. She was playing King of Dragons the other day. And now she's super into wanting to come in here and play old games all the time. Oh, cool! So she she's gotten that phase, which will be really fun. So, you, so really are you educating her in gaming release order? Is that is that what you're doing, or is this just coincidental? Just coincidental. I was okay. try. Oh, I got an eight bit do or eight bit do or whatever you want to call it. I've heard that pronounced several things. And mm-hmm. uh, the little uh, the, the FC Pro one. Yeah. And I was, it was for my, actually my Father's Day gift. So I was trying it out on the Super Nintendo. This is why I uh, turned it on. And she started jumping up and down. I want to try. I want to try. So I gave it to her. And then she wouldn't give it back. So she was really into playing that. Anna, we have one of those. Mm-hmm. That's the one that I've. Oh, wait. No, this is the one that looks like an NES or a SNES controller. It's the Super Fam, or the, sorry, the Famicom one, actually, with the little. Uh, Oh, the cool. analog sticks. Oh, it has bottom. little analog sticks. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah, ours doesn't have the analog uh, sticks. Yeah, they announced at E3. They're coming out with a Super Nintendo version of it. I saw it, analog- actually. They yeah, were showing yeah. it there. Um, it wasn't Looks for really sale. Cool. 
but yeah, it did look cool. Um, I'm like, well, but you already have this, the NES looking one, so I don't know why I need the SNES looking one. But okay, whatever. Same button counts. So, oh, that's right. Two players. They were saying like, by the way, it works with the Switch. So I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. What? Yeah, I got the little wireless receivers for the uh, uh, the Super Nintendo and the, and the NES. Oh, cool. So I was playing it on, tried it on that. Um, did that work well, or did it have lag? I didn't have any problems with it. Good. Now I was playing like beat 'em ups, and I haven't played it in RPGs. Would probably be fine. Now, if you're trying to play Street Fighter or a timing-based fighting game, I'm not sure. I'm not saying I notice lag, but it would have to be explored before you know if someone's a. So they've got. The- it looks like they have a little thing here that you can snap the controller in, and then your phone in, and then like play Minecraft with a controller on your phone. Hmm. And I assume other games too. I assume you, not not the way you're going with this thing. Uh, I have a Bluetooth one. No, I don't really do much phone gaming to be honest. Okay, so. that's fair. I wouldn't use it for that. Uh, you could use it on your PC if you wanted for you know emulation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or you could use it on. Uh, I I really just got it for the console. You could also use it on the Retron. So. Wait, how do you use it on the Retron? You just plug in uh, either the NES or the Super Nintendo oh, wireless right. receiver. Oh, You need a little receiver. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's like, they're like 20, 25 bucks a piece. Cool. <coughs> now that's that. Now as far as what I've been playing, uh, my ca- casual-ish play with friends game has been PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. I know that's kind of I have that everyone by storm. It's a lot of fun. It is really fun, and then I die in a bathroom. Have you uh, <laughs> Have you won a game yet, Chris? No. Not even close. I got to top twenty. Top no, top twenty. <laughs> I haven't played play that much. Play. I need to play with people. Yeah, it's a lot more fun in groups than this. It is so fun in groups, and like even with one more person, because you just yell at each other, and then you can blame each other. It's great. I love it. Oh, there's been been many a many a, an argument and fights where we, <laughs> everyone rages off at the end of the night, and then comes back and plays tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, they're right back the next day, aren't they? <laughs> Yeah, I play with my brother a lot, so you know how that goes. Mm. Um, and then I was playing Cosmic Star Heroine, uh, or I wouldn't say was. I still want to keep playing it. I've played that recently. I hear there's a mech fight in that game. I, I haven't gotten to that point Or is yet. it a kaiju fight? Either way. And so far, I really like it. It's... It, uh, it, it takes... It, the new battle system is pretty cool. It's kind of old-schoolish... Um, but it adds, makes all your skills useful. It, it makes the game, the battles much more strategic to where you can only use certain skills certain times or a certain amount of times. And uh, it, it's not like you just spam fight over and over again. So it actually adds like engagement in the battle. And even even like trash mob battles are, are you got to pay attention and actually, you know, look at what you're doing as opposed to, you know, just you know, fight, fight, fight over and over again or attack, attack. So. Uh, the writing uh, is nice, and and there's some very funny moments, and it's definitely uh, if people like retro style RPG, uh, RPGs, it's one to pick up. And um, another one I've been trying recently is Regalia of Men and Monarchs. I've only played a couple hours into it. I was playing some last night, and it's surprising me that it, it's better than I thought it was going to be. This most of the lines are all voice acted, and it's very well done. Uh, it's like a strategy grid-based RPG, uh, kind of like a tactics in, in battle. Mm-hmm. And but you're also looks like you're trying to like uh, 
build up your castle and make money for it because you're uh, a lost son of a family whose is the heritage has gone to ruin and you're trying to take over this castle. Yeah, I don't understand um, why you're not playing this, Anna. Um, Cosmic Star Heroine? No, Regalia of Men and Monarchs. Oh, because um, I'm waiting for the Vita version. Oh, are they doing a Vita version? It's on my sheet that they're doing a Vita version. It's yeah. got it. It's really cheesy style writing it's really it's it's purposely silly and it's pretty funny so if you like that kind of stuff it would appeal to you i think you do it right anna? town building anna yeah i'm interested in the game i'm just not interested in playing it on pc <laughs> what if you get a new pc for your birthday like a laptop yeah well then i'll think about it okay uh, and i wouldn't think it's very demanding though the the artwork is is nice it's not very uh, demanding, it, but she doesn't want to play on her current laptop for reasons I don't really understand. Okay. <laughs> but uh, anyway. so far, it's been a pleasant surprise. I thought it was going to be have its, you know, its uh, its charms, but also have its negatives as being kind of a budget title and and being. But no, it's. Uh, I mean, I haven't played. I haven't see how how uh, long its legs are, but so far it's been it's been very surprising. Yeah, a lot of fun. And then, like I said earlier, I was playing King of Dragons, which is kind of has some RPG elements to it. You level up your guy, but it's an old uh, Capcom beat 'em up arcade beat 'em up that was ported in the Super Nintendo, and you uh, pick one of a few classes and you move from left to right and, and you attack things, and you you can level up your guys a little bit and you get a little more powerful. But it's an old classic. It's kind of like. Um, I think they're, you know, the, the Dungeons and Dragons and the Star Games, Chronicles of Mistara and, and all those. Are you familiar with those? Um, I haven't played them, but I've heard of them. The, it's on Steam as well and on sale for like four bucks. It's amazing. And you can play it multiplayer. What's it called? But the, oh, sorry. The Dungeons and Dragons, Chronicles of Mistara. Chronicles, it, right? Yeah. Chronicles are just both of the games put together as one. So you actually get two games out of it. And, uh, oh, I, I can't spell like, it, apparently. Um... Oh, there it is. Mistara. Come on. Search. Ghost Team. And you can play that multiplayer on, my, on, on Steam online. So. A lot of, uh, is it easy to get into a matchup? I haven't tried it yet. I've played the like the Saturn version. I haven't played this. But I just bought it like, uh, two days ago in the Steam sale. So I've been uh, interested in trying it out. But supposedly you can drop in and drop out with friends. That's what they say. And it's so it's our, it, this King of Dragons was basically they're going to port this game over, but then they had licensing issues with the, the uh, with whoever, I guess, Wizards at the time. And um, so I, they called it King of Dragons, and it's kind of the same, but not quite the same to get around licensing stuff. So it's basically that game. But it's uh, they're a lot of fun. They're, they're, they're great games. So... Uh- King of Dragons. Do you get to play as a dragon, or do you just kill dragons? You kill. It's like it's, it's like that D and D game. It's the same. You. It's kind of like uh, uh, what's a game? You more um, Golden Axe. It's like that, but you actually level up your guys a little bit. Okay. But you pick like an archer, a mage, uh, a like a knight guy, a dwarf big guy, and stuff like that. Cool. But. Chronicles of Mistara would be the one on, on Steam, a modern version that you can. That's that game was trying to, uh, to be a port of. So, if you get that one, let me know, Chris, and we can play. 
Okay. But those are the more recent games. Now, if we want to go back months and months, I probably had others. But nah, uh, nah, that's the recent games. Good. Yeah, we got a long enough game. show as is. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> that's it for me. All right. I have to figure out when all this, when all these Vita games are coming out that Nana's waiting for. All right. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. Harry, you're the new guy, the newest guy. Uh, yeah. What have you been Feel- playing recently, other than E3 games? Uh, well, so uh, most of the most of the games I've been playing recently have been uh, games I'm actually working for uh, to do reviews for, for. I'm not sure if I'm uh, supposed to talk about those in the show before I write up reviews. Uh, um, as long as they're them. as long as they're not embargoed, absolutely you can. Yeah. So so uh, one of them is uh, I guess interesting. Uh, I think it's called uh, pronounced. Clad, clad done or something. Oh, Cladun. Yeah, classic yeah. dungeon. I think, well, I think it means classic dungeon, so I wasn't really sure yeah. how to pronounce it. No, you're right. Uh, you're right. It must be Cladun. Cladun. But they call it Cladun. <laughs> it's pronounced. Nisa. It's it's pronounced Candelabra. Con- <laughs> uh, Thanks. <laughs> um. But yeah, that was a, that. That's uh. I recently finished that actually. So that was uh. That was pretty interesting. It's uh so so there's there's a lot of it is basically uh level and gear base which is which is you know how you sort of do the whole dungeon crawler thing but i've never played one with like a controller before i'm used to playing like the diablo style ones where it's like a lot of like point and click um so it kind of so it was interesting it kind of felt um uh you know you have the different weapons and they kind of are different styles but they don't really do a whole lot in terms of like gameplay differences um, so it was kind of, I kind of find it shallow in that respect, but then there's like the really in, in depth, like setup, like pre-battle setup. There's like this weird magic circle system that like takes forever to figure out how to use, right. Uh, but then once you, you figure it out, you can like kind of break the game in your favor. Uh, so it's, it, you know, a, a lot of preparation that, that was really appealing, uh, in terms of like going to battle. Um, I don't know if you guys have played that before at all, or, or like the ones in the previously in the series that, um, to see what you think about that kind of gameplay. I had only played a little bit of the very first one, and I had trouble trying to figure out what exactly you were supposed to do. And that was years ago. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know about the first one, but I guess um, uh, I, I guess there's not really much of like a goal other than like, you know, go play some more of the dungeons. I mean, there is some sort of goal, but it's not like notable. Um, but... Uh, and g- gameplay wise, there's like this really simple like battle system, but then this really complicated setup for the battle. So, uh, so it was like, yeah, for me, that was kind of interesting. Um, uh, yeah. And then, then other than that, I've been also playing, I've been also playing, uh, uh, the, uh, the expeditions Viking game. Uh, I haven't played the one previously in the series, so I don't know what it's like, what it's like, but this one is pretty interesting. It's, uh, you're like uh, a Viking in the in this sort of like Norse uh, real realistic ish Norse environment, um, and there's like I don't know it sort of seems like a mix of like uh, uh, XCOM and like other sort of more classical strategy games in terms of like how how it plays. Um, so really done... this this one always has a look like kind of a Baldur's Gate style game. Is it not like one of those? 
So it's 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 actually not gameplay wise. So so it looks like that sort of from you know the the top down perspective yeah. and and, um, and the conversations and stuff and yeah and the conversations. But then the gameplay is like a turn based. There's like a hex grid, um, and it's it's like um, it's more like a tactical RPG where 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 you like select. Uh, I mean, I, I guess it's exactly oh, like wow. a tactical RPG okay. where it's like this like hexagonal grid that you move on and you sort of select uh, abilities to use per, uh, in, in your character's turn. And uh, yeah, it's, it's basically a strategy RPG. Um, there's a lot of interesting things in it. Like there's like terrain issues. So you can like slip and fall in the terrain, which is always annoying. Cause like, you know, you never really pay. Well, I don't really pay attention to like the terrain and all of a sudden my characters fall down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should start <laughs> doing that. Um, but there's like interesting other interesting things like um, uh, the like there's always like a percentage to hit with various abilities that you have to take into account. You don't you can't just like use them and like you know they're gonna hit or whatever. You have to like maybe move your characters closer or move them to the right spot. Uh, there's all sorts of things like that to take into account. But I haven't really gotten too far into it, so I don't really know all of like the ins and outs. Um, there's also like a sort of semi town building aspect to it that I don't really really know what effect it's gonna have uh, as I continue to play. So uh, you can like spend various resources to like upgrade your uh, your homestead, I guess, and various other buildings. Uh, and there's like multiple paths for upgrades, uh, and they have to do with like your clan power and things like that. Uh, so it seems interesting, and it's it's. Like, the game has warned me several times. I've never seen this in the game before. Like, it's warned me several times that my choices will affect, like, the how the game uh, ends and all those kind of things. So I'm, like, super worried to do anything. I haven't upgraded my my town at all because I'm just, like, terrified that I'm going to, like, go to down the wrong ending path. <laughs> so, so it's, I don't know. I, I feel like they shouldn't have told me those things. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. <laughs> Choice paralysis. Yeah, like, Learning you shouldn't tell me. I have like an important effect. <laughs> Just let me figure Just it out. Just lie to me. <laughs> yeah. Tell me yeah, it's all so, going to be okay. Yeah. And then interestingly also like, you know, I always try to play like a nice person in like RPGs. Uh, I don't know why, but that's just always a thing I do. But in this case, like, my followers harass me about it. They're like, you're going to seem weak and you need to like take some decisive action. <laughs> and then I don't listen to them. And then like my clan power decreases. Uh oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, they won't let me be nice. <laughs> um, you must pressure enemies. Yeah, and, like, apparently it's, like, an insult to my honor if I am, like, if I forgive people who, like, do things that are bad against me or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think the most interesting thing, though, is, like, I've recently um, been playing Dark Souls 2 again with uh, one of my friends, so I got him into Dark Souls. He didn't know about it. He was like, oh, I want a hard game or whatever. So I, you know. <laughs> Have I got to- a game for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like such a fun experience to like. So so we'll like hang out while like, you know, uh, potentially drinking a little bit, hanging out and playing Dark Souls. And it's like such a different experience to watch somebody play versus actually playing. Because like instead of being like super uh super anxious about what's gonna happen like it's just hilarious when some like random arrow hits him in the face uh, unexpectedly <laughs> um uh typically when i'm playing and controlling and i'm like oh no I, I wonder what's around the next corner and now when i watch him play it's just uh 
very casual and hilarious when something bad happens to him. <laughs> so, so it's a very different experience as as the, being being a, a spectator. Um, but yeah, I think that's mostly of what I've been doing uh, these days, uh, game wise. Drunk souls. Drunk Souls, yeah, it's really fun. I, get, I, I highly recommend it. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you haven't been in the game, I, yeah, I highly recommend it. And I highly recommend watching somebody play, uh, especially somebody new to the game. <laughs> I think uh, w- one of my favorite moments when, is when he was, like, first starting to play. And, you know, the, there's this area where the game sort of trains you to, like, watch out uh, behind you because people can jump out from behind you at any moment and, like, watch around, like, every corner. And so, like, just as he learns to do that, uh, there's like an area of the game immediately following that that part where like he he you know he went past some area and he immediately turned around to like see if there was somebody behind him and then the game switches it up on you and like shoots you from like the front where you're actually going um, <laughs> so, so, yeah yeah so it sort of tricks you into that and he's like come on man come on game <laughs> stop doing this to me <laughs> so it's really fun to watch I love it. All right, thank you, Harry. Um, who else we got? Um, Kelly. Hello. Have you been playing games? Yes, I have. I ended up finishing up Stardew Valley. I kind of hit a point. Well, I mean, I hit the two-year point in the game where it evaluates how you're doing. And it said that um, I had a perfect score. And when you do that, it gives you a thing that gives you, like, the rarest ore a couple of times uh, or a couple of the rarest ores every single day. And at that point I was like, okay, I'm unless I start trying to grind out for achievements, I'm kind of done with this game. And I ended up unceremoniously having a kid because the game just wait in real life or in the game. Uh, in the game. Okay. Definitely not. All in right. Real life. Good. <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> But I mean, it, it's so weird because you you know you talk to your significant other every day, no matter what, and uh, all of I a know. sudden he just he just goes, "We're having a baby." I'm like, "What?" Like, wait a second, you yeah, would know, it, you would know this yeah. more than he would. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like I'm running around doing farm work, and like all of a sudden I'm having a baby, and then like when it's time, it just says, "Last night you had your baby." <laughs> That's how that works. Just like real life. <laughs> That's just like real life. Yeah. Ten out of ten. Very realistic. <laughs> and then. And then you can ignore it and just keep doing your far- farm work. Oh yeah, it, yes! it gets better because like the kid just kind of, it, it's like a little bitty baby and it just kind of wanders around your house, and you can talk to it and stuff. But <laughs> you basically treat really... it like one of your animals. Yeah, it, it doesn't really do anything, no, and I got I got really uncomfortable because like. On Friday nights, your husband goes out to uh, go hang out at the bar. And what, who takes care of the baby? It's just there at the <laughs> house by itself. <laughs> Wait, can you put the baby to work and have it like farm stuff? I didn't get that far to see like if it grows up. I don't know. If, I don't. Kelly, think it does I think anything. you need to stop playing this game before child services comes for you. Yeah, really. <laughs> Really, and then Anna was cracking up because I posted a screenshot to to Twitter of it glitched in the wall. Oh no! <laughs> Your child got into the walls. <laughs> it's going to haunt you forever now. Put it in timeout. <laughs> You're in timeout forever. 
but yeah, I'm I'm kind of done. Well, I say I'm kind of done with Stardew Valley. Oh, you'll I be really, back. You'll I really want to check out the PC version now because I didn't realize that the PC <laughs> version has again. mods. Oh, yeah. oh, it has mods, does it? Yeah, and some mods are kind of cheaty. Like they uh, automatically harvest stuff for you and Ooh, things like that. I should look into this. So I, like I am. I'm sort of tempted to start it all over, but at the same time, I've got other things I've got to play. Um, I was out of town for work for three days this week, so because of it, I brought Fire Emblem Echoes with me and played quite a bit of that. That's a good only... game. Yeah, it, it really is. I'm just, I've been having trouble trying to get into the story. Oh, okay. That's what I like I... about it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what chapter are you on? I, I, uh, act four. Oh, yeah, you should be far enough to be into the story if you're going to be into the story, I would think. Yeah, so, I don't know. I've just... I'm not getting into this one like I got into Fates and Awakening, and I don't know if it's just me or if it's the game. It's you. I you're think terrible. it's me. I have no idea. Say what? <laughs> hey, did you, did you do all three games for Fates? I only did Hoshido, whichever oh one that was. Oh my gosh, Kelly. If you're into Fates' story, go do Norside and then go do Revelations. Because, oh my gosh, there's so much of that story you, that you do not know. Okay. It's way crazier than you think it is. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff came out by the time I had finished uh, Birthright. You don't know nothing yeah. yet. <laughs> Not until yeah. Revelations. <laughs> yeah. So I, I might go back to those later because um, I started up Ever Oasis yesterday. Ah, Anna's jealous of you. Oh, she said that she was going to get it, but. She's got it, she... but she hasn't started it yet because she's trying to finish her Neptunia game. Oh. And I, I don't see. know why I'm telling you this instead of her, but. Oh, I, I didn't know if she was going to talk with it me about talk about it with me or not, Anna. Because it's it's very oh. atelier. <laughs> Anna, we're talking about you. Yes, I understand, but <laughs> I mean, am I supposed to jump in and talk about the games that I've been playing? No, those are the games that I've not no. been no. playing. You talk about okay. Tell us yeah. about Ever Oasis, Kelly. Yes. Um. Thus far, it is very atelier meets fantasy life meets. Secret of Mana, in that you uh, are kind of building around your own town. Like you, you start out your uh, oh your original oasis gets destroyed, and you meet up with a water spirit, and she kind of charges you with building a new oasis. And you're a little seedling, and you use your seedling oasis powers to grow shops that attract little owls that come in and buy stuff from the shops and you have to restock the shops every day and that's how you get your currency to either grow new shops or to grow crops or to craft stuff um i played a lot of it la i mean i'm just, i think i'm still in the tutorial stage because it's still kind of rolling out new 
things to me. Like, um, I can't exactly pick my party yet. All of my party members thus far have been kind of part of the story, and it sends you into dungeons to go find new party members, and they have different mechanics and stuff like that. Like, if like at the start of the game, you get a snake woman as a party member that has a spear that can use her spear to hit switches that are out of your reach. And I think she can also mine. <clears throat> and I think there's also, you can add party members that can like dig and um, other things. I, I haven't gotten that far in the game yet because I think I've only had it for like 24 hours, but it, it I'm going to see where it's going because it, I do feel like it's having a slow start, but I have a feeling it's going to be one of those games that was like fantasy life where once it gets rolling, I'm going to end up dropping like a hundred hours into it. That, that works. Yeah. And, and I mean, the game is really charming. It has a really beautiful art style. Uh, I like the music in it so far. It, it just, I don't know how to sell, sell this game other than that on its charm. Because, I mean, like I said, it, it reminds me a lot of the Atelier series because you're doing a lot of crafting and you're gathering a lot of the material. You're gather, gathering a lot of materials. And you're going out into the world and kind of fighting for these materials. Now, I have a feeling that it's going to be kind of a late 3DS release hidden gem. Yeah. All right. I wouldn't be surprised like that. Yeah. Pretty sure that's all I've been playing. I don't know what else I wrote down. Yeah, that works. I kind of I kept it short this week because I knew that we was going to have a lot to talk about. <laughs> uh, that leaves us with... Well, I'll go. I'll go now. I've been playing more Fire Emblem Fates. I went to E3. We'll talk about E3 in a bit. And Final Fantasy fourteen. Nobody yeah, cares. We're, we're we're like all back into 14 now, right? Because the expansion. Because the expansion came out. So I've been playing Final Fantasy 14. So for me, my story is I had a level 34 character. So I, I loaded him back up. My little gladiator Lala fell on Leviathan. And I logged back into the game. And I said, all right, I'm going to get to 50 and unlock Red Mage. And this is going to be great. I'm still not up to 50. Um <laughs> Little did I know how slow the leveling of your first character seems to go in Final Fantasy XIV. So I am I'm 42. I'm a paladin now. And apparently I'm just going to stick with paladin because, oh my gosh, instant cues on the dungeons are amazing. And being a tank makes that happen. Um, and I, I don't know. I've just been doing story quests and there's a lot of them. There's so many story quests to do. And I should really have planned this out better. This is not like WoW that makes it easy to catch up to a new expansion. This is more like this is its own thing where you need to do a lot of you need to go play the game. And then when you get caught up to the new stuff, you will and then you can do it. So I've done none of the new expansion stuff. I haven't even done any of the Heaven's Word expansion stuff. So, uh, yeah, last night I um, I took a break from just leveling characters and stuff Um in the normal way and i said okay what's something different that i can do i and i was reading about leveling and how people level their characters and i heard about this place called palace of the dead so i said oh that's different so i'll go do that so last night i got to level 60 in palace of the dead 
but that's it's got its own leveling system, so it's very different. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't really count. Um, so I'm still level 42 paladin, uh, but I did play through level Palace of the Dead, got to level 50, got my butt kicked by the boss, and so now I've reset my ca- character in Palace of the Dead and starting over from level one. Um, but I'm leveling up. It's weird in you, Palace of the Dead, Chris, you level up your weapons um, yeah, more Chris, than you level you probably yourself. Wanted- you probably wanted to remain. You probably wanted to keep the one where you got up to level fifty, just because uh, by clearing level fifty, you can then start. At level I didn't 50. Le- clear level fifty. We died. Bad. Okay, well, yeah, it was real bad. You from starting? Yeah, yeah, but you can start again at floor forty-one. Right, but I'm also and if I can't beat level fifty, I can't keep any of the progress I make from I mean, forty-one to fifty. Are you going? Are you doing this solo? Yeah, I'm doing it with people. Okay. So I should have done it with solo, is what you're saying? No, no, I'm no. saying you need to make sure you're not doing it solo, definitely. Right, yeah. I, I it, it went so bad, I said, you know what, I'm obviously under-leveled. My gear is... So you, you maintain... You level up your weapon and your armor by... by this dungeon's weird, okay? It's not going to make any sense if you just listen to this and you don't understand it, because it doesn't make any damn sense. It, it's so Japanese. You've explained <laughs> it to me, and it doesn't make any sense to me. As you go through... <laughs> These 10 floor chunks, you get chests, and if you open the right chest, it levels up your armor and your weapons. And so, but you can reset your progress to level one of your character, but your weapons and your armor maintain their level, so you can go and do it all again. And so, I'm trying to get my, my weapon and my armor leveled up so I can contribute well to the team, and then we can actually beat the level 50 boss next time I get up to there. It doesn't take very long, so I mean, I, I did. From the beginning to level 50 or or to floor 50 in just an evening. And I'm sure I could do it again today or tomorrow or whatever. I mean, but, basically, you just come come into it from the mind that it's basically a dungeon crawler. Yeah. I mean, the whole, the whole thing is, the whole concept is based off, um, and some of the storyline is based off um, Tactics Ogre. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, the 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 boss from uh, the boss from floor one hundred is literally a boss from Tactics Ogre. Okay, all right. You perked my interest. <laughs> I did not know this. That's why it's I called can't Deep the na- Dungeon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of the guy. Uh, he's like some kind of necromancer that was in. Tactics. Yeah. Um, Nibis. Yes. Yeah. He's the boss of floor one hundred. Ooh, that's that's awesome. Sorry, Tax Ogre is like one of my favorite games of all time. You still there, Chris? Oh, I'm still here. I'm just trying to figure out how to explain this to people. But um, yeah. Anyway, so once you get past level 100, which I'm not even close to doing, then you have to start making progress with a static party because you have to go in with people. You can't just pair up with random people anymore. You have to make progress with an actual party. And if you guys wipe, you have to start over again at level 100. And your goal there is to get to level 200. And I don't know what you actually get if you beat level 200 other than feeling good about yourselves. But um, uh, you, get, you get a good screenshot opportunity and a piece of house furniture. And that's yep. about it. <laughs> of course. It's you know I mean getting to two hundred is basically bragging rights. Yeah. Um, but what I'm going to end up having done without much more effort is I will have a nice level sixty weapon that I can't use because I'm only level forty two. But uh, yeah, that that should be interesting. <laughs> and uh, at which point, which is also greatly outclassed by most of the things that you can get from the the, the new expansion now. Yes, the, of course, of course, yeah. Yeah. 
you know, you know how it is with new expansions. Yep. And, and they haven't updated Path of the Dead to support level 70 yet or any of that. So. Well, no, because there's a, there's a lot of talk that they're going to be introducing a new version of Palace. Oh, of, the of course. Yes. So that will go up to level 70 and we'll have like similar mechanics. So randomly generated floors with uh, an independent equipment leveling system. All I'm going to say is, though, that this Palace of the Dead thing is pretty fun. And it must be really fun because I swear everybody on our server was doing it last night. That's because it's the easiest now. So both Samurai and Red Mage, which were jobs added in the latest expansion, uh, they start the game at level 50 mm -hmm. rather than the expansion start level of 60. So what most people did, and me included, um, was to take their new shiny level 50 jobs into Palace of the Dead until they got to level 60 and then do the expansion. You guys are tempting me to get get back into this game. <laughs> I said no more MMOs, but it is it is an MMO ass MMO, man. There is it hey, is. And if you want if you want any more tempting, uh, the documentary makers No Clip put out the first of yes. three episodes of a documentary about uh, Final Fantasy XIV version one and its. Uh, development into Realm Reborn. So, so if you remember, no clip do that has kind of been fascinating for us because about three or four months ago, we actually found a guy who was documenting Final Fantasy fourteen. It's, it's on YouTube from, called "The Fall yes. and Rise of Final Fantasy fourteen from Speakers Network. Yeah, um, and yeah. now Danny O'Dwyer over at No Clip um, is doing this documentary of the yeah, Fall so, and Rise of fourteen. Um, they do actually. The, um, the NoClip documentary actually does mention uh, the Speakers Network YouTube videos. Oh, okay. Uh, and I think that what the difference is, is uh, the Speakers Network videos, which I have seen all of, uh, from the perspective of people who were playing the game. Mm -hmm. uh, the guys from NoClip were able to go to Square Enix's offices in Japan and interview uh, the current CEO, along with Naoki Yoshida, the lead network engineer, um, Oh, they wow. seem to, so and also they get it the, from like the developer's perspective. Yeah. yeah, so they get it from oh. the what actually happened at Square Enix during that time period, and it is really eye-opening as to what was going on. I mean, admittedly, I think a lot of it had been postulated on the internet beforehand. Just look at what happened with Final Fantasy XIII. But um, it, it kind of... Um, they interview Naoki Yoshida, and they go into how he was involved, like, um, how he was brought onto the project and things like that. Uh, they also speak fairly extensively with the localization guy. Wait, localization um, guy, singular. Yeah, so the head of the the head of localization. Oh, localization okay. Because like Koji cause, Fox. Okay, because yeah, like I don't know if you knew this, but like a former RP gamer staffer actually worked on fourteen for a while, and he didn't work on the game directly what he what his job was was to translate the emails that came from japan to north america yeah back in so time. they that was actually specifically mentioned from uh the stories they were telling where shortly after release a lot of what the localization team was doing was translating emails from J japanese uh and trying to figure out as many ways as they can of saying sorry <laughs> so yeah he I don't remember if he was on prior to um, launch, but I know that um, was it last year or the year before that we met all the alumni. Yeah, he was there for a while. Yeah, so, yeah, and I find so, I, honestly, 
the, the first episode is 50 minutes long. It's well worth watching. Uh, the second episode comes out on Monday and the third one on Wednesday. Yeah, we're going to have to watch that, Chris. Uh, yes, we yeah. should. Sounds really I cool. just put it in my watch later because I thought that the Speakers Network series on the game was fascinating to watch. And it's just watching anything about a failed game is just fascinating as heck so to me. There was a more recent, um, they did finally get uh, back to doing new episodes of that Ra- Fall and Rise of 14 Speakers Ooh, Network thing. We need to go back and watch them all. Uh, the, so they've only added one episode from where we were, Anna. But Well, no, but we also haven't watched most of the side series that they were doing. Because remember, right. they were doing like what was like locations in the old one versus a new one. And like what was yeah. classic. And I don't and care about that side series. I actually do. Okay. So. I don't yeah, find I know that's like that side series is pretty good. Okay. Uh, and this is coming from someone who did spend t- some time in the original. My point being just that episode six of the Fallen Rise finally came out and it's real nice. And then um, in that he outlines like the future of that series and they've got two other side series, I think, coming. So they're they're doing a real good job there. So do that. Watch the no clip thing and you'll be an expert on 14. Maybe. So I, I need to know, Alice, since you p- played the original, were flower pots really that bad? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I didn't have the same computer that I had now, but I think it still came out after I upgraded my machine with a GTX Titan back when those were new. And uh, I say, I think I was able to, similar to... Um, uh, Arkham Knight. I think I was able to power through a lot of the um, like the underlying issues, um, but yeah, it was. And they uh, they say they go into that in the documentary as well. They had a very uh, artisan mindset going into it, and a hell of a lot of hubris. So, uh, I mean, in case you haven't gathered, I have basically played nothing else uh, except for Final Fantasy fourteen since last Thursday. Yeah, you're like max level again, and you're a new class. Yep. So, um, what happened was early access came out uh, Thursday. I think it was Thursday morning last week. Or was it Friday? It was Friday morning last week. And as soon as the game came out, I unlocked Red Mage. I then went into Palace of the Dead repeatedly until it was level sixty. Uh, I also did PvP because they changed how PvP works slightly. Um, because it now gives you XP, you know, like you can do PvP in World of Warcraft. Yeah, but if you're only level like 38, you don't get that much. Yeah, but they've completely changed how that works as well. Level and gear in PvP is now completely irrelevant. Right, but I'm saying even doing it as a low level, I wasn't getting a ton of XP. Oh, I mean, I was getting um, like, I think it was like 700,000 at level 61. At level 61, yeah. That, yeah. So that's, but that's still that's still a good quarter of the way through the level. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I that's how I kind of spice things up. I did Palace of the Dead. I did PvP until I was level sixty, and then I ran into a couple of the issues that they were having uh, right at the start. Oh. So um, what happens is uh, as part of the uh, Stormblood storyline content. Uh, there are two spe- uh, solo story instances uh, fairly early in the progression um, in the first area that you get to. Now, what happened was on the US servers... Oh, I heard the, about this. Yeah, the instance <laughs> servers melted. 
uh, more so than the EU and the Japanese servers, which started to see um, uh, they had problems originally because there were so many people trying to pile through those two particular bottlenecks. Um, but they cleared up. Um, some people say that may have been down to population. It may have been because people did. So. And so what happened was, was I went and did something. You know, I I leveled a little bit on Red Mage using Palace of the Dead and PvP. Um, I also went and unlocked Samurai and leveled that up a little bit because I could. Um, by the time I came back to it, uh, I remember I was actually logged in at the time when uh, Square Enix were able to spin up some additional power for the instance servers and everyone like everyone piled through the bottleneck like very quickly after that um and aside from a a bug affecting the ruby c area which was fixed by a uh, like an area specific patch about a day later um i hadn't run i i never ran into any other problems throughout the entire early access process except for a few disconnects when uh, using instances like Palace of the Dead and Dungeons, which turned out to be due to a DDoS that was reported earlier this week. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, not only on my max level, I have actually finished the main storyline as well for now. Um, I did that, I kind of <laughs> tore through it as quickly as I could. Um, I've even started to, because one of the things that I hadn't really done in previous expansions was I never really did endgame content really i did the light end game stuff like um the normal versions of alexander um that kind of thing and also the 24 man raids i did those because they were kind of geared towards more casual players like myself uh this time i actually tried and succeeded at doing an extreme mode primal on concurrent content level Ooh, good for you um i joined a learning party i i learned the mechanics so a learning the party yeah, so a learning party is where you go into the fight with the expectation that you're going to fail. How do you find a learning party? So you just look for the... Uh, open up the party finder. And oh, then people just, just list it. It's like, hey, we're going to yeah. make a party where we die a lot. Want to join us? Yeah. Okay. And that's all I did. Just go in, learn the, learn the mechanics of each phase, like understand where they are, what they do. And then when you... And then there'll be another party or another... Uh, some learning parties will learn enough that they will clear... Um, sometimes there'll be parties listed that say, you know, this is a clear party. Uh, you know, we've, we've got people who are looking to clear, um, just know your stuff, you know, know the mechanics. And that's how I got my victory yesterday morning. So, I mean, was that with that same party? No, it was, it, uh, oh. it was, it was, yeah, yeah. So the learning party we, I, uh, left on cause it was like three in the morning at that point. Um, but I had, we had, I think it was seven attempts and we did get to the last phase of the encounter which meant that i'd seen all the mechanics mm -hmm. so I, I i joined a clear party the following morning and, and cleared it cool um my general feeling on it is i enjoy it i have enjoyed the main story of stormblood more than i enjoyed heavenswood okay uh, it's really good it's really hey you know what pretty. i hate alice is a really nice let me tell you what i hate oh. alice i hate karthas Oh my gosh, I hate Kurthas. C-O-E-R-T-H-A-S. So many politics and running around and everyone hates dragons and it's it's so boring. Yeah, uh, so... Kill me now. Um, the, thing, the problem is with... Heaven, well, I think it's not even Heavensward. Sort of. That's just a Realm Reborn. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. The thing about Heavenswood is it had a very kind of almost like Dark Souls-y Game of Thrones color palette and vibe to it. It was snowing. Uh-oh. The colors were washed out. Um, the, okay, yeah, sure. There were a couple of really nice looking areas like the Dravanian hinterlands, but it was, you know, there was this whole dragon war and whatever. With Stormblood, okay, yeah, it's it's still, you know, the story still kind of maintains that level of seriousness, but at the same time, it just feels a lot brighter. Um, when you go to the eastern part of Eorzea, uh, where the first part of the expansion takes place, um, it's like, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the geographic, like a this geogra- geographic descriptor of the landscape. More kind of like I wouldn't say deserty per se, but more um, canyony sort of thing. Kind of warmer, a lot more suns, a lot more sun is out. Uh, and then you then you uh, go to Othard, which is across the sea, which is the area where Doma is. And Doma, uh, do you get to meet Siam? No. Well, it's kind <laughs> of funny, really, but you do get to hear Siam's theme. Oh yeah, all right, yeah. Um, did, did you drink the water? Yeah, don't drink the water. Yeah, don't drink the water. <laughs> um, yeah. So when you go across there, it's. I mean, I've posted screenshots of it to friends, but I mean, I can just throw one in the Skype chat of me standing on a rooftop in the main city. Um, the main city, Kugane, is really, really nice. It looks amazing. Um. It's a really nice place to be. The soundtrack's good. It's bright. It's colorful. There's lots of NPCs to talk to. It just feels different to dreary Ishgard. Poor old dreary Ishgard. Oh, look at that. That's so nice. And are you standing yeah. on a roof? Yeah, I'm standing on a roof. Okay, of course. Why not? There's, there's, a, pair of, there's a pair of jumping puzzles in Kugane. Wait, uh, do you have that, to climb a tower and unlock your map? No. Okay. You, you jump off climb, into you know, a hay bale. <laughs> you oh, see no. that large tower? <laughs> Can I go there? <laughs> you see, yeah. Well, you see that large tower with the green roofs on. Yeah. To the right of that picture. Yeah, you can climb to the top of that. All right. It's an insane jumping bubble. <laughs> uh, where I am, uh, there's an inn in the north part of the city, uh, and there is a jumping puzzle up its exterior. Uh, and there's a couple of um, hot tubs on the roof. And that's where I took that particular picture. I love it. Just uh, standing on a nearby roof. So, yeah, it looks amazing. The areas are, you know, the, the areas are bright, colorful. There's one area that you spend quite a lot of time diving underwater. Um, okay. Okay. So how does the water stuff work? Is it better or worse I'm, than Vashir or whatever in, in WoW was? Okay. So the different, the major difference here is... Um, diving works pretty much like flying does except in the other direction so uh the difference being is you don't have to use a mount okay so that doesn't sound there too isn't bad. Act- there isn't actually any combat underwater which is kind of the problem that last year had in world of warcraft was you kind of had right. to fight in okay places. all right good um, whereas uh, the underwater the, the the underwater areas that exist in Stormblood are um, purely like exploratory based. 
Yeah, there's and there's also um, side quests that you can unlock that will allow you to do certain gathering things underwater, like underwater mining, uh, underwater fishing, which lets you do spear fishing, uh, and also under, underwater gathering as well. Uh, so underwater botany. Underwater botany. Okay. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I like the storyline. The, the the dungeons are well designed. I really liked the trials. Um, and it had a very difficult final boss that I'm not going to spoil. But uh, yeah, you're going to need to learn a couple of mechanics on that one. It's 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 harder than the final boss of Stormblood. Uh, not Stormblood. Sorry, Heavenswood. Have fun. All right. Thank you. Uh, is that everyone what they've been playing then? Or what about you, Anna? Do you need to go? Yeah. All right. I've been playing 14. Take it away. And I've been playing um, Hyper Dimension uh, Neptunia Rebirth V Generation. Rebirth 3. So I'm, I'm making my way slowly but surely through the Hyper Dimension Neptunia series. Um, I actually just finished the third game last night, and I was um, playing through the tower this morning during the po- uh, before the podcast, I should say, and I finally finished it right before the podcast started. So this is the third um, remake, and it kind of gets super weird. So the story of these games have always been pretty ridiculous. Um, but this one takes um, Neptune, who's the main character, and instead of being in the regular hyper dimension, she's in... Hang on. I have to look this up to make sure that I'm getting it right. She gets thrown into the ultra dimension, which is very similar to the hyper dimension, except it has a different CPU in... Planeptune. This sounds totally ridiculous, doesn't it? Anyone? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, basically, they introduce you to, like, alternative versions of all of the characters that they introduced in the previous games where their personalities are almost the same but have, like, slight differences to them. So... Um, like the the um, CPU of Loi um, still has like a horribly bad temper, but she swears less, and it's very silly. So Anna, do you are you do you really like these games? Do you come out? Oh, they're pretty good. Um, and so they're kind of divided between a whole lot of story, and then going out into um, like dungeons. And so you run around the dungeons and enemies are visible on the map and you can like smack them with your sword and then you get an advanced attack or if they hit you, they get an advanced attack and it's um, like positional based combat. So it's not grid based or anything. And you have like a limited area that you can move and you run up to um, the enemies and like choose different attacks. So you have um, a rush attack which does less damage but fills up your magic meter faster. Um, you have a, a, a strong attack that attacks their hit points um, but doesn't damage their um, defense meter much. And then you have an attack that specifically targets their defense meter. And I've talked about this a little bit before on past podcasts, but every enemy has like a hit point meter and a defense meter. 
And um, once you break down their defense meter to empty, they take way, way more damage, um, which is kind of a, a tactic that you can use to try to beat um, bosses much faster. In fact, for some bosses, it's required because there are bosses that have super duper heavy um, hit point regeneration. And so, yeah, you have to use like all of your attacks and know which ones hit their defense instead of their hit points. In the first game, I was also using that tactic to beat bosses that were like way too high a level for me yeah, than no, what you should normally. Yeah, no, and I mean, that's the cool thing about the, the way that this works is like, if you really want to take on something that's way higher level than you, um, providing that you have like just um, decent positioning on the map and, you know, you're slowly chipping away at their defense bar, <coughs> you can totally beat things that you're not supposed to be able to at your level. So I have a few of these games, the, the first ones, because shiny collector editions caught my eye, but I've heard a lot of people either kind of hate these games or love them. Yeah, I know. I think that is very true. Well, and there's two versions of them all, right? Right. So, I mean, originally these were all released on the PS3, and then they remade them all for the Vita. So I'm playing the Vita remakes, and the Vita remakes um, stream... Not only do they kind of tidy up the story a little bit, um, but they also add in... So every enemy has a chance of dropping a material... And those materials are then used in this elaborate crafting system. And of course, we're, we're CPUs. So um, I have a certain amount of memory that I can allocate towards these, towards this crafting. And I can craft everything from new weapons and armor that are then available in the shop. I can craft um, like a strictly um, like nice thing uh, things that don't matter like outfits and accessories um but i can also do things like craft new dungeons and craft Wait, what you can make a dungeon correct okay so is this where your your sleep thing came from huh? um the other night anna was asleep and she rolled over and, yeah. and poked me and said chris 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 do we do we have pillow lots of pillows i'm like yes anna we have extra pillows do we have the one that makes the dungeon bigger? <laughs> I, I didn't know how to react to that, so I just said yes, and that seemed to satisfy her, and she went back to sleep. So is that coming from this game, Anna? Yes, okay. yes. So, um, yeah, so you can craft new dungeons. You can change the way the dungeons behave, so you might change the items that you pick up in the dungeon or the enemies that are available to fight in the dungeon. Um and then you can do crazy things like change the way that the game works. So you can make game uh, enemies easier. You can make enemies harder. You can give yourself more experience. You can like break the level cap. You can break the damage cap. And these are all things that you craft. Um, the other thing that this game has is you have what's called Stella's Dungeon. And Stella and her little cat got introduced, I believe, in the second game. And they basically walk up a tower. And it's, it's done kind of like as an idle game behind the scenes. It runs even when the Vita um, isn't on. It's just in sleep mode. Um, and as you go up this tower, you will get plans to do more things. And so, like, 
the plans could be unlocking new dungeons or making certain dungeons harder. And the only way to get those plans is in Stella's tower. Um, and then you have to go to certain dungeons and get um, items that the enemies drop. And that will make the Stella's dungeon taller. And then she has more floors to walk up. And then she has more plans that she makes. And then she gets to the top of the tower. And then you have another plan to make the tower even taller. And then you have to go find the item for it. Um, and so I actually got to the end of the game yesterday morning at about 30 hours of gameplay. And I was like, I feel like I'm really close to the end of the game. So I'm kind of wondering how I get the different endings. And so I looked it up and realized that I actually was not that far away from getting the true ending. I just needed to go farm a couple of items and then I could unlock a dungeon. And it was basically a chain of things. As once I unlocked that dungeon, I went inside and I found lying on the floor a plan for the next dungeon. And I already had the items for that. So then I built that dungeon and then I went into that dungeon and I found another plan on the floor. And there was like a chain I'm of- I'm seeing a pattern. Yeah, so there was a chain of like eight dungeons like that. And as I was going through them, I was getting more and more materials from enemies that I hadn't seen before. So then I was crafting um, new weapons and new armor and new accessories. And all of a sudden, I was like, I have spent seven hours just kind of doing completely Crafting. optional things in this mm -hmm. game. And I should probably beat it. And then I got distracted by more optional things. <laughs> I did finally beat it at like two in the morning. You beat the game? <laughs> yes. mm. Last night I beat it after you went to sleep. Oh, good for you. Um, and then I did a little bit more playing this morning to finish up Stella's Tower. That's the one where you like have her walk up and then you go into the dungeons and get items and then you build the tower taller. So my my tower is all 10, no, 100,000 floors, I think. 100,000? Maybe it's 10,000. You can't have gone through all those. Well, Stella does, and she walks even when the the oh. Vita is off. Right. Okay. And so, yeah, I had a ridiculous amount of fun with this game, and there's actually post-game content, and I'm trying to decide if I want to do it or not. Um, basically, two mobile game developers come into game industry, which is the nation that they're in, and start taking all of the shares over the consoles <gasps> they can't take the cpu shares that's no fair yeah so that's another mechanic in the game is um all of the in all of the nations have their own cpu and you guys should, will probably recognize the the nation names um so there's planet or planet and then there's low we and then oh, there's goodness. last station and then there's lean box <laughs> Lean box. But a lot of people wouldn't even know what the Neptune's from, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I know I, it. Can I get a Lean Box 1X? Um, no. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I feel like if they're going to make additional Neptunia games at this point, that uh, Xbox X jokes are going probably going to make their way in, and somehow it will just cause the size of Greenheart's chest to get even bigger. Mm. Yes, and so all Wait. of... <laughs> I just got it. She is a boob joke. Oh, yeah. Wow. She so is a boob joke. She is a boob joke. Yeah. She is a walking boob joke, which is kind of hilarious. I actually have a screenshot of her on my lock screen, Vita lock screen. <laughs> 
So the funny thing is, is um, they introduce a new CPU in the third game, and she has even larger breasts than Greenheart. And there, she has like an existential crisis for like a third of the game. Of of, what does she mean if she doesn't have the largest breasts? Correct. So she just levels her breasts up, I assume, right? Well, uh, one of the things <laughs> that they introduce in this game is like, um, a, a, a like a broadcast network, and oh, so goodness. one of the stories on this broadcast network that was that Greenheart announced that her bust had increased by 0.8 centimeters. Oh boy. That that was like one of the headline stories that I had to read. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong, but is this a joke on the size of the original Xbox controller? Yeah. Okay. And in fact, it's, they actually yeah. go into that in the third game because um, in the ultra dimension, it's much earlier in time than in the hyper dimension where the regular games are set. And so like Noir, who's the leader of Last Station, Blackheart, um, actually becomes a CPU and Vert becomes a CPU, so Greenheart, um, Leanbox. And so they all release new systems. Um, and so Greenheart Wasn't is Noir like, already of a CPU? No, not in the ultra dimension. Oh, okay. So the ultra dimension is much earlier in right. time than the hyper dimension where most of the other games take place. Got and it. so they all release consoles and Greenheart is like, ha ha ha, I'm going to crush the competition. And except she, when she releases her console, um, people complain that the controllers are too big and that the system is too big and that it overheats. And so she's like, I don't understand why I'm not getting shares. And all the other girls are like, your system sucks. <laughs> and so it was like this like ah to everybody's uh spreading false rumors about my system um which is something that microsoft kind of implied at one point uh in in terms of red ring of death i don't know if you guys remember that but when red ring of death started oh happening, yeah no we we, we remember yeah, we, I, think was I was like, here this is a completely overblown problem and then they started sending out coffins like less than two weeks later <laughs> Yeah, I think it was the the one point five billion dollar mistake they called it. Ah, uh, yep. Uh, so, yeah, they they got to make fun of a lot of changes that happen in the systems and stuff. So like, because I know. Um, sorry, no, no, Anna, no, go ahead. I, I was gonna say it's like I know people have have, have sometimes criticized the Neptunia games for being a bit. Um, oh, what's the word I'd use here? I'm not sure if I'd go as strong as to say pandering, but. Oh yeah, there's tons of fan service. But at the same time, um, and I think this was pointed out in a few of the reviews that various games have received from RP Gamer and elsewhere, is um, the writing does kind of show like a surprising amount of not only self-awareness, but you know there is a lot of like really obscure inside jokes running under the script. Yeah, um, no, and um, I was kind of worried going from the second to the third game because. Um, the first two Vita games were localized by NAS America, um, but by the time they got to the third Vita game, it had switched to Idea Factory International. And I was kind of like, are they going to maintain the in-jokes? Like, is it going to be as funny? And so, like, within the first five minutes of the game, they completely break the fourth wall. And I was like, oh, this is going to go well. And so, yeah, in fact, I've been posting screenshots on my Twitter as I find funny stuff. So, like... Um, 
Nepgear is a CPU candidate, so she's the younger sister of Nep- um, Neptune, who's the actual CPU. And so she was the main character of the second game. And so at one point, there's this scene where she's complaining that she's not the main character anymore. And Blanc calls it, oh my gosh, what does she call it? She calls it the DBZ phenomenon or something like that. Uh. <laughs> um, let me see if I can find my picture of it. Yeah, I saw I saw that screenshot and laughed. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, here we go. Um, so... So Blanc says, what you are experiencing is something known as DBZ syndrome. Just hope for the next, just hope for better treatment in the next canonical installment. And like, <laughs> Nepgear has the most worried look on her face that I have ever wait, seen. Wait, 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 which, <laughs> oh, because Goku wasn't the star Correct. of GT. Yeah, right? and in fact, they go into, Blanc makes sort of a very vague reference to that. She's like, you know, maybe you'll grow up and die and then be resurrected and then die again. And you probably won't be the the star of the series again. But, you know, there's always hope. So, yeah, they they did a really good job kind of keeping the game super lighthearted and very self-aware. There's lots of fourth wall breaking um, there's lots of sort of very tongue-in-cheek things. There's a lot of, we recognize that this is fan service, and we're just kind of okay with that. So I had a lot of fun with this game. This is, the I think, the longest that I've played a Neptunian game. Um, yeah. So let me see here. Hyperdimension Neptunian 1, 33 hours. Um, Hyperdimension Neptunia 2, 20 hours. Yeah, because... The thing with Hyperdimension Neptunia 2 is it's actually supposed to be replayed a whole bunch of times because it's got 20 billion endings to it. Um, but yeah, they they decided that that was kind of dumb and <laughs> stopped doing that with the third one. Well, that's nice. Now, are you going to try any of the spinoffs? <laughs> um, I was actually looking at um, a chronological guide of the, the Neptunia games because... Some of them I'm not interested in because they were bad, and some of them not I'm not interested in because of the subject matter. So there's like a zombie game that I'm not interested in. But zombies, Anna. And um, Action Unleashed, Neptunia U, Action Unleashed, is like the same engine as the zombie game. And so people were like, it's it's got the same problems as the zombie game. Why would you play it? Because I've been curious about uh, Goddess Blackheart. That's the strategy so, one. So, yeah. So, that's the next game chronologically for me to play. And it is a Vita game. Um, and I'm pretty sure that we own it. Um, and then there's um, Neptune versus Sega Hard Girls. Um, which I think we picked up on a sale at one point. And then the dilemma that I'm going to have is after that, um, Mega Dimension, Neptunia, Victory... Um, two is um, a PS4 game, so it's not Vita. Hmm. See, I've been wanting to kind of check out that one because um, the meta humor supposedly is cranked up to eleven, and it has a lot of quality of life things in it. Yep. So, yeah, yeah I need yeah, to my finish next these thing games, is more, and then. The next one after that is Sega Hard Girls. And so, actually, I have my Vita here. 
Let me look really quickly to see PSN store. Um, it is hybrid dimension. Oops, H. There's also the idle sim, but I don't think you would um, want to play that one. We have it. In fact, I'm pretty sure we have it yeah. physically. We do. So, wow, I do not have Hyper Devotion War Goddess Blackheart, at least not digitally. Hmm. I might have it physically. But I yeah, think I mean, you have it, it looks really cool. Because it's a it's a different style of gameplay than, um, than the other games, which are like I said, uh, kind of location based, for lack of a better phrasing. So yeah, I I'm gonna have to see if we have this one physically, and if not, I will have to find it. I have to wait for a sale digitally and pick it up. Cool. So yeah, that's how I've been playing for the last couple weeks. Well, then. Does that mean it's time? It's time for E3. It's time for E3! Okay. So we're going to do this a little different than we did in the past couple of years. Uh, we're not going to try and give... <coughs> well. I guess we'll talk about what we... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to try and not make it take four hours, is what I'm saying. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with me here. Uh, so E3 happened, folks. Um, and I had a thing ready to go. Uh, let's see if I have it. Uh, so how did E3 feel to all you out here who didn't go to E3? I kind of found it very underwhelming, to be honest. Not, not a lot announced that you cared about, I assume? Yeah, not out, not outside of Nintendo's press conference, mm -hmm. at the least. Else, what about you? Do you feel that way? Eh, yeah, pretty much the same. I I wasn't. I had extremely low expectations, and uh, I would say that. Um, well, I mean, if you have low expectations, they are quite easy to meet. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, okay, sure. Nintendo certainly brought a couple of very surprising announcements, uh, and that may certainly affect my decision whether or not to buy their console. Um, but other than that... What about you, Jonathan? I think, oh, sorry. So, no, I think part of it is that after Squeenix said that Kingdom Hearts 3 and Final Fantasy 7 was going to be delayed until 2018 or 19 or whatever, it's like, well, what else are they going to come out with? <laughs> So, yeah. I don't know. I'm probably the opposite. I kind of I don't really care for a lot of the uh, the Nintendo announcements. I don't really play the Mario games or Metroid Prime. Uh, I do know. I can understand why a lot of people are excited about them though. But uh, uh, the Xbox X thing doesn't really appeal to me either. But seeing some of the newer games coming out, like the Wolfenstein Two, looks nice. I like the Days Gone game, uh, the Skull and Bones game. So these are the kind of yeah. games I play. You know. Uh, on my PC, so I, I do RPGs and, and the other action-y type stuff, so th those kind of games looked really cool, and it was nice to get a, a, a some good footage and gameplay of that. The Sea of Thieves looked like it could be fun, too. So I definitely saw some 
good games in there. I'm probably missing a few others that. Yeah, are, no, we'll get to them. Um, yeah, we'll get to them. Uh, and then, and then overall, good, good, good. Uh, and Harry, you this was your first E3, right? Uh, yeah. That you got to actually go to. What did you think about it from the inside? Yeah, it's uh, a little bit different than I expected. I think it was a uh, um, so you know in, in other sort of like uh, uh, not in the gaming realm, but other sort of industry types of conferences, it's a lot more focused on um, the exhibitors exhibiting things for um, essentially essentially like the uh, either media or like other companies and things like that. And I thought this was a very very sort of like. Uh, a, a lot of it was was also like driven by like the actual players, which I'm not sure if that's a positive or a negative. I guess um, so. It was different different than I expected in that sense. Um, but I also didn't. Really, I sort of agree with what other people have been saying. Um, there wasn't really anything that like wowed me there. That that was like, oh yeah, this is super awesome. Uh, this is uh, this is like uh, amazing, and I'm really looking forward to it. You know, there was a lot of interesting games but there were things that i already knew about there were there were so there wasn't really any uh, big announcements that that really caught my attention sure okay well let's let's kind of walk through what happened um on the on saturday on saturday there was some crazy um ea press conference it wasn't crazy but uh they did their thing and nobody remembers anything from it. So we're just going to skip over it because there were no RPGs at it other than Anthem was teased, and but we'll get to it later because the gameplay wasn't announced till, sun, till Sunday. So on Sunday, Microsoft happened. Harry, did you end up getting into Microsoft? I don't remember. Yeah, I did. I, okay. I went to that. Um, How was that organized? Was <laughs> organized? Well, there were I mean, a lot of think... fans there, right? More than they expected necessarily or... Or something like that, or did it feel like everything uh, was going uh, as normal? Well, I don't know what normal is, I guess. Yeah. But so, so the, <laughs> well, so you know what definitely... you know when it feels wrong, and it didn't feel wrong, I assume. So, so to me, it, so, so I think I think it felt fine. Uh, definitely, definitely um, came off as sort of a, a maybe high production sales pitch, as opposed yep. to like revealing things um, and. You know, it's kind of fun to watch a high production sales pitch, but but again, like information wise, it wasn't really yeah. as interesting as I was hoping. So it could be in the, yeah, in, not a yeah. world exclusive, world time. exclusive, and console. <laughs> that, voice, that voice was amazing. It was like world exclusive, <laughs> console exclusive, world exclusive. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, they picked a good voice for that. <laughs> so so they so they do that thing, and you got your 4K fancy screen, and it's always fun to see in person because you got a good sound system, good video system, and you get to see these things debut. They showed off the Scorpio. It's five hundred bucks. Um, is anybody getting a Scorpio? Let's let's ask that question first. No. <laughs> I, I, PC, I PC game too much to to make that valuable to me. It's so the only reason I might get a Scorpio is because if I'm gonna console game, I want to do it on the best version of that console. Um, that's just kind of how I am. But um, I'm but having is that a lot the best version of, of the Xbox One like X. Well, well, I'm sort of, you know, like they're always, so now they're sort of getting into the situation where they're like up, upgrading well, okay. their models. And- yeah. It, it's the best one that'll be out this fall. <laughs> and then there'll be a better one a year or two later, maybe. We don't know. Right. <laughs> uh, it, you know, Giant Bomb asked Phil Spencer that question, and I think Phil, Phil gave a 
what seemed to be a mostly honest answer of we don't know how it's going to go from here. We don't know if it's going to be more like phones or more like it's going to really depend on what people want. And so we got to see. And I I actually buy into that because I think this is kind of a new way for the market to go. So we'll see where that's at. If people are cool with a 4K capable console for a while, maybe they'll just sit on that for a few years or five years. Or I, don't, I don't think you should contribute to the market changing to that. I think you should just not buy one so that you, you don't contribute. I, I don't so like So my biggest problem is I have a 4K TV. So... <laughs> You know, that... you're just gonna have to suck it up for the rest of us. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's the thing I see though is I don't think a lot of people do have 4K right. TVs. Yeah, it's it... a high end, higher end console, so they're they're kind of the appeal of this console to many isn't there, right? Which is gonna have issues for them. Like I'm, guessing. yeah, I buy into that. So I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to go, but I, I'm certainly open to it. The problem is that there haven't been a lot of games announced that I'm like just dying to play on Xbox One. So I got to really sit down and think this through. Like if I'm going to put the time into it and do some gaming, sure, maybe, you know, because then I can play it on the most powerful thing. If not, maybe I should save my money, put it into a PC upgrade and do more PC gaming anyway. Right. All right. Anyway, let's put Scorpio aside. What about RPGs? Did they announce any RPGs there? Let's look, let's look down the list here. We got the Forza, the Metro. Do we cover Metro? That's not an RPG. Um, <laughs> da, 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 da. Minecraft, Dragon Balls Fighters, Black Desert. That's an MMORPG. It's coming out on Xbox. Nobody cares. All right. Um, sea of Thieves. Is that an RPG? What, what is that thing? It looks like so boring. Entry game. Uh, okay. Yeah, it looks really boring. I don't understand what you're doing, like following treasure maps. It looks like the sort of thing that works great for a game demo. And then, like, are you really going to play that over and over? I don't know, man. Well, I think you're. it's multiplayer with a group on your ship. And so you do treasure maps. I think you can find other people. It's like a, it's like a multiplayer adventure game. Okay, but what are you like accomplishing by doing just for the fun of the experience, I guess, is the idea? I don't. I don't see what the goal is or what how I'm progressing or what makes it fun to want to do it over and over again. I think the treasure gets you stuff. The treasure? Okay. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a multiplayer gameplay would be fun. I mean, it was like the only fun thing was like, yeah, you can shoot each other out of cannons or something, but like the rest of the gameplay was like, I don't know, not particularly notable. Uh Now, so it, me, it it's, really, yeah. And I didn't get to There's play like, it hands-on because the lines there were insane for Sea of Thieves. So obviously a lot of other people are interested in it. <laughs> it, it it's novel enough to where I think it draws a line, but I can't quite tell if there was like substance there. All right. So uh, Super Lucky Head, Cuphead, Crackdown, blah, blah, blah. Middle Earth Shadow of War was shown off. That's a game yep. we cover. That looked cool. Uh, yeah, that was a good demo, and I really like the ogre character that they introduced, and I hope that he plays a big enough role in the game because he was well-written. Um, yeah, so I like that, and I like the idea of recruiting people and then like, continuing to do stuff with you. So other than that, it looked like more of Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor, so we'll see where that goes. Um then they showed off Anthem. They had some actual gameplay from Anthem. So this is Bioware's new RPG, and it looks like you get in a mech suit and fly around a bunch. And then I think we don't know anything else about it. <laughs> Did it anyone else get like an impression? Destiny. Huh? It looked like Destiny to me. Yeah, exactly. It looks like a Destiny-type game. So you run around, you fly around, you shoot stuff, and then stuff. I don't know. 
what else after that <sighs> so that that was basically uh that was uh that was microsoft so that was sunday then we went over to monday and um uh, i think this uh this little summary thread i'm using skips ubisoft which is kind of a shame because Ubisoft had a great little press conference where they showed off Mario and Rabbids, and we found out that Mario and Rabbids is an XCOM game. It looks so good. It looks great. Does anyone else excited for Mario and Rabbids? Surprisingly, yes. It does look kind of fun because, I mean, strategy games are my jam. Yeah, I love that XCOM or the tactical type Rabbids irritate me. So we'll oh, I, I love little rabbits. Come on. No? All right. <laughs> and I really dug the trailer, too. The trailer had a metal song in it, and that's my jam. A metal song. All right. Yeah. I will say that Ubi, uh, that Wolfenstein 2 thing was really cool. The little mech, the little videos they did and all that. Mm-hmm. That was pretty, I was like, what is going on? And the, Wolfenstein the, uh, 2 was at Bethesda. Lethal- Oh, uh, sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm mixing them up. Sorry. That's all right. Ubisoft. The uh, I like the Skull and Bones uh, uh, pirate or the the pirate game. The ship battles and all that. Yeah, the uh, Assassin's Creed ship battles taken out. Yeah, of Assassin's Creed and put into its own its own game. So yeah, I do like the little piratey thing going on there. Uh, Bethesda um, did its conference on Sunday night. They did. Um, they showed more Bethesda games. No new Skyrim, but they did you know talk about skyrim on the switch a little and uh what else did they discuss they showed that wolfenstein 2 trailer that has the acid trip in it which i thought was amazing um and not not much there uh let's skip forward to sony's conference uh we had uh let's see rpg related news coming out of sony undertale was announced for ps4 and vita yeah yay um <laughs> that happened like before the conference even started um do, 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 do. uh do we cover detroit probably not right no but it's looking amazing looks amazing if you like those uh heavy rain type games um final fantasy 15 is getting a vr game where you go fishing mm. who's ready I to mean, go fishing that next next generation you know technology <laughs> right there <laughs> Uh, Moss next, was announced. True, yeah. true next gen gaming. Then, like a, a VR game that actually looks good was announced called Moss, where you you control a little. Well, you're helping a, a mouse um, go and, and fight things, and she, her name is Quill. She's adorable looking, and Anna and I want to play that game. Yes. Uh, Nac Two is coming. Yay! Yeah. I like that Days Gone. It looked like a open world. Last Days Gone stuff. looks so much better than it did last year. Oh my gosh, it looked like a game that you could play and do things and have something interesting happen. And while they were showing it on the stage, they had um, people suspended upside down from ropes. I got to see that in person. Um, I was at the Sony conference, so if you go find the footage, you can see me in the second row in a blue shirt. So that is me, if you're wondering. Uh, And then we have, they showed off some everybody's golf stuff, Gran Turismo Sport. None of that's RPGs. Did they have any? They should more God of War. That's not an RPG. That was pretty much it. Oh, um, at Sony, they showed off Monster Hunter. So Monster Hunter World was revealed, and that's like my game of the show. Surprise! 
Oh my gosh, Monster Hunter World. They are doing an HD Monster Hunter. It is happening. I saw all the demos I could possibly see for that game. I it was great looking. It looks like a Monster Hunter game with like new Oh, so many cool things going on with like grappling hooks to get back onto monsters, the ability to craft without having to stop, the you or, or to collect goods without having to stop everywhere, um, environmental things going on, more openly world toward, sort of hunting going on where you're just like less fewer zone interruptions and all that. Oh, it looks so great! I can't wait for it. Ugh. But I will stop talking for right now. Um, what else do we see? Uh, looking through. And the not tie. Oh, right. Nintendo happened on Tuesday morning, and they told us a few things. Uh, they said, "Hey, Pokemon's going to get a real RPG on the Switch, which is big news." I think. No one else is excited about it. I guess. I um, was. I was. Temp- I was tempering my yay because I didn't know if you were still going to be still talking or not. But <laughs> oh, <yay>. sorry. <laughs> Anna, aren't you excited? Pokemon on the Switch? Or are you not excited because it means we might need to buy two Switches? No, I mean, it just, it's not even going to be out in 2018. So. You don't even think it'll be 2018? No. Nah. Oh, no. That's... I mean, they might surprise me and next E3 come out with it and be like, yep, holiday 2018. Oh, I hope so. But I'm, I, it's, I am way more excited for Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon than I am for a... a... Did you even finish Sun and Moon? Yes. Okay. Oh, but you didn't do all the... Okay, I know. That's I didn't different. do all of the crazy post-game content like Right, 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 right. But I still beat the game, and I did some of the post-game content. You're right. You did. Sorry. Um, let's see. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was showing off, and there's more Xenoblade Chronicles. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm having trouble being excited for it, um, just because it looks like Xenoblade Chronicles X, and so I don't know if that'll be great or not. I guess it depends on your opinion of that game. So I liked Xenoblade Chronicles X. Okay. It felt so slow and boring to me, but I think I just need to sit down and try it again or something. Uh, Prime 4 got a, a logo, Metroid Prime 4. Um, I, I think that's all we got. Yeah, we got a logo, and it's not even being developed by Retro. Oh, boy. Here yeah. we go again. <laughs> so we'll see how that is. Well, I think it's like a new internal team, right? Yeah, I don't know. I forget the name of it, but yeah, it's not Retro. Are we going to have to come up with an infographic for the Metroid cycle? I think so. Yep. Uh, at the same time, um, <laughs> if you're really into remakes of Metroid 2, The Return of Samus, not only is there, to, there that illegal a- AM2R game out there, now um, <laughs> the uh, folks at um, Mercury Steam have made a Metroid Samus Returns, which is kind of a 2.5D remake of Metroid 2. So now you get like uh, the, the 3D-ish looking one to complement your very retro looking one. So you have all the Metroid 2 remakes are going to be available um, <laughs> this year. <laughs> anyway, so Metroid Samus Returns looks cool. September 15th. See how that goes. Um, let's see. Breath of the Wild. They showed off some DLC. There was nothing really revealed there. And they showed a Except new cute. Amiibos. They showed a new cute Yoshi game. I want to play that. They also showed a new Kirby game. I don't want to play that. Uh, Noodle wants to play it. Yes. Yeah, she I know. Does. Uh-huh. Uh, Fire Emblem Warriors was shown off. If you're into your Fire Emblem games and want to play a Musou version, um, and Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga Yay! stealth announcement, like, hey, we're remaking that. Put it on the 3DS. Well, it wasn't really a stealth announcement, considering how badly it got leaked. 
Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was leaked. Oh, yeah. I missed that. <laughs> so if you want to play Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga again, now with a new Bowser's Minion game, which shows what the minions are up to during the course of the game, you can, uh, you can play that on October 6th. And what else do we have? That's it for Nintendo. Let's see. What do we got on the, the multi-platform side of things at E3? Ugh. Vampire. The people what made, um, let's see, Don't Nod, which is the Life is Strange folks, are making a vampire game where you um, are a vampire slash doctor in the streets of 1918 London. And Spanish flu epidemic is wiping everybody out. Yeah, and you're a doctor supposed to be helping people with that, but you can also just suck their blood instead. And there's a whole interesting mechanic of like, if I suck this person's blood, does it ruin the economy of the area and destabilize the area? Oh, but man, I get so much experience if I do it. So you have to balance that stuff out. I uh, got an impression up on the site. You can go read. Um, Anthem was from... What else we have? Uh, so many games. But just trying to filter to the RPGs brings me to... <laughs> Nino Kuni 2. Actually, Yay. I played this a little bit at uh, Sony's event. and How uh, this it? it feels good. Yeah, it was. It's very much action RPG, so you're running around jamming on buttons. But um, here, it it was. It tried to make you think strategically. So there's all these little elementals on the battlefield with you, and you have to go next to them and press a button to power up and get them to do certain buffs for you or extra attacks. Um, and when you're not um, using their little special abilities, they're also helping just casting on the monster. Um, and then if you do certain spells while you're near them, they'll contribute to the power of your spells. And it's a really cool little system. And, and it looks like this system is replacing the companion systems from the first one. <coughs> and also I noticed that as this game played out, the boss fight that I was playing, you could do certain things to interrupt the boss during certain actions and they would drop little power orbs, which would essentially make your character go super saiyan and be able to do really powerful spells. So that was cool too. So I like that dynamic. Um, and then I didn't get to play with any of the town building. Harry, you didn't get hands on with Nino Kuni, did you? I did. I played the, I played the demo. Um, oh, that was you. Good, good. So what do you, what did, did you try the other half? I, I did, I did the, so there wasn't any town building part oh, I, any okay. of the, in any of the demos, there was like a couple of boss fights that uh, one one in each demo um, that were a little bit different. Uh, I, I think overall, I, I, I want a lot of the things that you said are true. It was uh, quite quite fun to play, very actiony. I was, however, disappointed by the lack of the the um, familiar system with the, like the the Pokemon collecting aspect of it. That, I thought that was really fun in the first game. I'm, I'm kind of sad to see it go. Um, there was like a lot of interesting uh, dynamics, like trying to find the right Pokemon or, or fam familiars, I guess I should say, uh, and like preparing them the right way for ba for battles. Um, and you know, I, I like the preparation aspect for in in RPG games, and that that being gone was a little bit of a letdown. Um, I I don't know what I, I don't know how deep the the little like. Um, uh, what are those things called? Higgledies, I think. The, yeah, the little Higgledies. Yeah. Um, I don't know how deep that gameplay will be because for me, like all, all, all that I seem to have to do is just like go where they are when they're like glowing or whatever and hit a button. Um, and it was always the right decision to do that. Like you got free buffs. And so why wouldn't I do that? So I don't know how deep that gameplay will be. Hopefully there'll be some depth to it. Yeah, I, I yeah. hope so. It's hard to tell though at this, at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
did you play any of the South Park game? No, I didn't play that. I think um, it was uh, Pascal. Yeah, that was Pascal. All right. Uh, they also showed off. So, fractured butthole was shown off with um, apparently a sequence where you have to sneak into a strip club and give men lap dances. It was weird, um, and it felt very uncomfortable to watch. Uh, Tunic was uh, shown off as the new name for Secret Legend, which is kind of like the Zelda E Dark Souls game that's uh, starring a little cute fox. Got an itty bitty fox. Is he, he out next year? Um, I don't. They remember. don't want to commit to a date at the yeah, moment. Yeah, it's it's taking forever. I. That particular indie PR lady confuses me because I don't. I feel like she's always busy and doing a billion things, but like her things don't come out, so I don't really understand her. You know her better than I do, though. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so maybe you can explain to me later. Okay. <laughs> how acting as an indie PR is crazy. <laughs> um, I mean, games are done when they're done, Chris. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, I think you know that particular truth. By I now. do know that truth, but it seems like nothing she's ever involved in finishes. So. Oh yeah. Okay. I just don't see that part. Okay. <laughs> I feel like she's always showing me games. It's like, um, is this coming out this time? What's that game <laughs> that you wanted me to play? We saw people play a little bit of it. It's like they go to the island and there's Cthulhu stuff and weird like time loops. Oh, Oxenfree. Yeah. She was on that? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, then. Thank you. Now I know. All right. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. I'm just... I've been sick since E3 and I'm still not better. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Uh, let's see. Uh, any more RPGs in this roundup I've got here? No, let me... Oh, Ease 8 was shown XCOM off. XCOM 2? Um, XCOM 2? Had a the, oh, DLC thing, right? Or, but I heard it was almost... Expansion. Could expansion. almost have been XCOM 3. That's how big yeah, it is. So it will be uh, very similar to um, enemy the original XCOM's Enemy Within. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's like the it's like that. So yeah, basically, just play a whole new game with different stuff in it. Yeah, and for me, that one I think that one did stick out from the uh, the E3 announcements. Okay, so, I really liked XCOM too. See, and, and I only like XCOM two with lots of mods on it to make it easier. So <laughs> I'm 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 a wuss in that regard. So this that was not for me. <laughs> but I'm glad you guys are excited. <laughs> so I'm excited. Yes. Um, Skyrim shown off, uh, let's see, some stuff I missed in my little rundown. Skyrim VR and Fallout VR are happening. Um, you know, I haven't really been that interested in VR, but that playing Fallout in VR sounds appealing. Skyrim looked really low resolution. <laughs> yeah, that's the other problem I have. Uh, and it. I'm sure Fallout 4 won't be much higher, uh, if it, it, probably the same. Um, I don't, man, that's a, those games are very long. I don't know if I want to be in VR that long. But all right, I, do you really want to experience that game in VR? Is that what you're thinking? I, yeah, I just want I to understand so. that better because that doesn't appeal to me at all. And I'm just wondering, like, what what do you want to do in VR? Do you just want to like explore your settlements and do the town building in VR, or is it just, just the gameplay itself just seems like something to do in VR? I think it would add a level of immersiveness to it. That would be like you're in the world instead of looking at it through the screen. Those kind of those kind of games now. The, the, the poor resolution could be a deal breaker to where it may be better in a few years once they you know technology gets a little better on it. But mm-hmm. that kind of experience of VR is what appeals to me. A lot of the other VR stuff hasn't so far. Okay. Uh, let's see. Other things that were announced. Horizon Zero Dawn's getting some DLC called Frozen Wilds. So more Horizon if you're into Horizon. Did anyone here play Horizon? 
No, that I was haven't Pascal. yet. I think Pascal did. Yeah, I need to play it. I got it for my birthday, so I should, I should do that. Yeah, your birthday was during E3. Happy I know. Birthday, sicky. I know. Thanks. <laughs> All I got was a cold. I didn't even get a cake. I had to go buy a cake when I got back. <laughs> we had cake last night. <laughs> a week after we get back. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tyranny, the PC game, is getting an expansion later this year. Uh, and they have a new event pack now that you can buy. Um a release date for that Zelda DLC was announced. It's next week. A friend was talking to me about it at work. I thought maybe I missed that it had come out, but um, no, it's uh, June 30th and you can get your master trials and, and uh, most importantly, that breath of the wild thing where you get the, the map showing you where you've been so you can figure out where you haven't explored, which looks really cool to me. Anna, you showed a game off at E3. Your E3 was all like at your booth, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, my kind of experience with E3 was a little insular because um, in the knots of my booth, there's like a little three-sided walled media room. And so I... And I had to come visit and bring you like supplies because oh, they weren't feeding you. you. Yeah, on day three, it's uh, <laughs> every nerd for themselves. So so what are you showing as a Natsume person? Um, Harvest Moon, Light of Hope, which is PC... PS4 and Switch. So that's just another Harvest Moon game, but this time on New Systems. Which is this like the Minecrafty ones or the no, 2D ones? It's a 2D one. Okay, cool. Um, and then uh, two River City games. Two River City games. Yeah, so one of them's already out. Oh, so what is it? River City Knights of Justice. That sounds like not okay. So that's set in the past, right? Yeah. So the idea is is like oh, you fight dragons and stuff. Yeah, yeah. kind of like. If you threw River City Ransom for the NES and Dragon Quest in a bowl and mixed really well, <laughs> you would get Knights of Justice. All right. The River City smoothie of games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you, you ba it, it let us use a lot of the old translation stuff. So, like, in the old games, instead of being called Cuneo, his name was Alex. So, in River City Knights of Justice, you play as Sir Alexander. Cool. Um... It's yeah. nice that his uh, his uh, descendants or ancestors had the same name. Yes. That's not normal. Well, and it's not really the ancestors. Um, it's sort of like, what if we plopped all the Kunio and Kun characters uh, into an RPG world? Okay, so it's like a stage play. Yeah, so you're still, like, <laughs> you're still running around and kicking ass and punching things and kicking things, but you're also like throwing magic and you have swords and staves and are we covering that on zombies. rp gamer we better <laughs> it is an we rpg better. it is the most rpg kunio kun game that oh, is someone's got to review out. it then yeah um and then what's the other one uh river city rivals showdown um which i love it so adam is our localizer and he calls this game river city majora's mask what because um, at the start is of the there game, a, Is there a three-day timer? Yes. Oh, no. So And it has night-day cycles. So, yeah, like, the game opens up, and two guys jump you and try to beat the crap out of you. And you, like, chase them away. And all of a sudden, Ricky runs up to you. He's like, man, my girlfriend's been kidnapped again. Mm -hmm. Which is like a trope from the series. Mm -hmm. And so you have three days and three nights to figure out what the crap is going on. And so there's something like 65 different events that you can trigger across all three days. And depending on which event that you trigger um, will determine which of the endings that you get. And so the idea is, is you play it over and over again to get the different endings and to trigger the different events. Okay. 
And the cool thing is, is one of the things um, that was added in a patch, but it'll be available like launch day in North America, is you know how like um, uh, the Zero Escape game, the second one, mm -hmm. um, you know how you can go into that screen and like there's that map that sort of tells you like All what the choices you that you've make made and, and like what yeah. what sort of storyline that moves towards. There's actually one of those for Rival Showdown. Oh, cool. And so it will kind of like <coughs> guide you in the general direction of endings without being super spoilery. And so, yeah, it's cool because it's they they put a lot of thought into like what a day night cycle in this like fake Japanese town would be like. So during the afternoon, there's like school kids and their school uniforms. And then as the evening slowly fades on, um, the different parts of town might have like more Yakuza in it. And of course, you can beat the crap out of everybody. Cool. So yeah, that was really fun. But I feel like my experience of E3 was super insular. Because you think? Not you were well, stuck I mean, in a room on the show floor? Yeah, part of it was I was stuck in a room. But I mean, in general, the Natsume booth is also better prepared for large crowds than some of the other exhibitors. Oh my gosh, it was so crowded the first two days. Because it was so crowded. we give away really cool E3 unique swag every year. and so And we've been doing it for years. And so, like, five years ago, I think, at this point, we instituted, like, this stamp card um, where you, like, go through the booth and play the games. And once you filled in your stamp card, you get the swag. And so we've always had, we've had, like, years of experience of line management and, like, booth-packed-in management and getting people queued up in a way that doesn't interfere with media appointments <coughs> and keeps, like, the flow around the booth as well. And so um, we were not as affected by the 15,000 or 18,000 additional people as some of the other booths. <coughs> other than being sick as dogs when we got back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anna, will we ever get better? Mm. All right. Uh, also at E3 episode prompto got a release date for Final Fantasy 15. June? June 27th. So very soon. Oh yeah. This That's week. this week. I must, I need to put that into the release thing. Um, and apparently the regalia gets really dumb wheels. What? Off-road mode. What? I, I from what I understood, it's, uh, off-roading. Show me off-roading. So I'm trying to find this trailer that shows the bad wheels, and I don't see the bad wheels part. This makes me sad. Come on. Give me bad wheels. Is it at the end? Is it a stinger? No. Oh, here it is. Off-roading. So, um, oh my god, those wheels are terrible. They're like monster truck wheels on your car. I thought your car could already fly when you finish the game. What the heck? What? Uh, yeah, car goes crazy, Anna. Okay. <clears throat> so that's uh that's fifteen news. Um Metopia and Ever Oasis have demos that are out now. Well and Ever Oasis is out. Well Ever Oasis is just out. But Metopia, have you tried the Metopia demo yet? No. No. That's an RPG. Yeah, I can't wait to play that. Why haven't you played the demo yet? Um, because <gasps> I just wanna wait for the full game. Okay. And then Everwise is out. We talked about that. And then Pillars of Eternity is coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. 
The complete edition includes DLC. It's out August 29th, 2017. And folks, that's the E3 news. Um, after E3, some things happened. News continued. But first, to put a, put a period on E3. There was a fist fight that broke out in the Nintendo booth. Well, there was that. Harry, are there any things that you did impressions of that you'd like to talk about because you thought they were so cool or important? Uh, I guess the the one game I liked uh, that uh, hasn't really gotten as much press, I guess, since it's like a small indie game, is uh, this Moonlighter game. Um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to check it out at all. But... No, I, I don't know that one. Let's see, Moonlighter. All right, tell me. About yeah, it. it's it's sort of like uh, it's 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 interesting. It's uh, you play as this uh, merchant uh, slash adventurer who is trying to bring prosperity prosperity back to like the town. Um, and there's there's essentially these dungeons that you they can go in and find treasure and then sell sell at the store. So it's got this sort of uh, uh, two part to its like gameplay cycle where. Um, you spend part of it uh, exploring the dungeons and collecting items, and then part of it uh, trying to sell those items to people in the town, and then like using that money to improve the town and get more um, more people and NPCs in the town, and then those NPCs can like upgrade your stuff, and then you can go into more difficult dungeons uh, and sort of progress in that way. And uh, I thought it was really interesting because I thought that first of all the combat was. So it's very it's like a two D Zelda kind of kind of gameplay in combat, but it's like very responsive controls that I really like. They felt really crisp and really uh, fun to play with. Um, this looks and, fantastic looking. This what yeah. systems is it? Uh, it's, I played it on PC. I don't know. I don't remember uh, off the top of my head now if it'll be. Um, it's a on... Kickstarter game. Um, it looks like primarily PC, but I'll see if it's coming out for anything else. Go keep going. What game yeah. is this? Moonlighter. Your dude mm. is a merchant who moonlights as an adventurer, I guess. Yeah. Or you yeah. Uh, and so and so uh yeah, so you so it's got um uh so the oh, way it works. Oh this is eleven bit studios. Those are the people who made um Shogun of the Samurai, right? I don't no? know. I haven't heard of that game, I guess. I haven't really played that game, so I'm not sure. Um make sure. Maybe I'm just wrong. But yeah, it's 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 uh, first of all, oh, it looks no, fantastic. I think if you like look at the graphics for it, uh, it's uh, uh, this like re- really good, a uh, really good uh, sort of pixelated look. But it's but it's got quite a lot of modern effects like lighting and like really smooth animations and really detailed animations. Um, so it feels really good to play, and. Um, yeah, so then you, so you so you find these items and so you want to like sell them at your store. You got to figure out the right prices for them. Uh, the, uh, the NPCs will sort of, based on the response, give you give you ideas as to what they should be. Uh, and and then also like the the dungeons are randomly generated, so it's kind of like a roguelike thing. If you like die in the dungeon, you ha- so there's five dungeons, and if you die in one of, in one of them, you have to sort of redo it over. Uh, it's like regenerated and it's like a new. Uh, a new dungeon but then there's sort of ways to semi-save your progress like if you spent money to to like make portals in the dungeon you can come back to that same dungeon so it's got a really interesting uh, uh, gameplay and I was actually able to play a bit uh, an alpha of it after E3 that that the developers uh, gave me and uh, uh, made it all the way through like the first dungeon and it was really fun so the game is coming to PC on Steam and Humble first PC, Mac, and Linux, excuse me, all three of those. So I, I guess they're making it in Unity or something. Um, anyway, then they're going to port it to uh, Xbox One and PS4. 
yeah. It's great. I recommend looking into it. It's a really, really fun little game that I think will, you know, I don't think there's much story, but gameplay-wise, it was like a lot of fun to, to play. Um, and then I also thought Dauntless was interesting. It's sort of a, an online Monster Hunter-ish um, thing where it's sort of free to play, so I'm kind of scared of that aspect of it. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to affect. That looks cool, though. It's like, yeah, you know, it, it's more the Monster Hunter for the Western audience sort of thing going on. That Monster Hunter World's doing some of, and this is more sci-fi, science fiction-looking thing going on, right? Uh, it's not science fiction. Oh, it's not sci-fi? Oh, no, it's just dark. Okay. <laughs> it, it's Yeah, it's sort of, uh, so I guess I guess it's 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 still it's still like sort of regular fantasy, but yeah, it definely has a more Western-style yeah. fantasy. Um, oh, and you uh, can but, spend a lot of money on it right now buying a Founders Pack. Look at that. Oh, there, there you go. <laughs> it's a co-op action RPG is what they're calling it, coming to PC in 2017. You can secure your legacy in the Founders Alpha on August 18th by paying. Let's see. How much do you think you have to pay? $50. Well, too bad. You have to log in just to see the price. So <laughs> let's see if I can find out. Dauntless Founders yeah. Pack price let's see i'm not the only one person who's been trying to figure out how much uh all right how much did you guys say $50. I said $50. well the founders tier is a hundred dollars oh uh, but it's discounted to 80 bucks at, as the writing of this polygon article which was in april so i don't know if it's back up or not so and then you can get in later to into the beta for less like 40 bucks yeah, and they'll eventually have an open beta, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it's going to so be free to play, right? So Yeah, yeah. so if you want to try it before, I mean, uh, before it releases. And yeah, and then there's going to be free to play. You can try it, obviously, in that in that situation. Uh, I always worry about what that's going to do to gameplay, especially like in a game that's... Did they you know, tell you how they're doing their monetization? Is it only cosmetics or what? No, I didn't. Uh, they, they didn't. Uh, I'm not sure how much they've decided on that. Um it could potentially follow up with them and find out, but I, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be disappointed, and I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to. I want to think that this is going to be awesome because, like, the gameplay looked really fun. Uh, there's like a lot of like variety in like how the weapons work and and all that. Uh, and some of them were really fun. The ones that some of the ones that I tried were like super fun. Uh, and then there's like the whole like progression system through like only through armor, which was really fun. So you can, uh, I really like that. You know, I can sort of equip. Uh, different armors to make to make thing, things that like uh, I've already beat like more or less challenging. And they were also saying that some of the people that are doing really well in the missions are just doing them solo. So it's sort of you know it's pretty skill based. If you know how to play well, you can you don't necessarily need the whole co op aspect of it. Um, but yeah, I was pretty intrigued. Okay, I, think that's, I have I think officially confirmed my Dauntless account, and I can tell you the founder packs still start at eighty bucks. They are not oh. they are not a hundred bucks. So you can get into eighty bucks and then you can play your beta on August eighteenth. And you get you get hold on, you get patron status for ninety days, which is a stackable bonus with your party. I don't know what that does, but your party benefits from you paying money apparently. You get the Slayer pack, you get an in-game title and a forum icon, you get you get exclusive flair, whatever that means. You get some extra dyes for your color. <laughs> Man, this is so stupid. This is so stupid. You're totally right. I shouldn't have even looked at this page, Harry. I should just <laughs> wait for it to come out and play it. It's just going to make me angry. 
<laughs> You're not a fan of, of dive. <laughs> I'm not a fan of stupid monetization. I just want to pay you some money and play your awesome game. I don't want to be like, uh, I don't know. That just doesn't feel right. I think, right. So I think like some games do that well, but like most of them, yeah, most of them are not able to do it right. So let's see how that goes. This Moonlighter yeah. game also looks amazing, but I don't know how to get in on that yet. It looks like I just have to wait. Coming in 2017. Add to your wish list. Like, oh, all right. <clears throat> so, Moonlighter and Dauntless. Dauntless. Thank you, Harry. Uh, with that, I'd like to point out everybody, we've got so many E3 impressions up that you can go read. Let me, let me, let me tell you what we have so you can go check it out. We've got Absolver. Battle Chasers Night War, Call of Cthulhu, Dauntless, Etrian Odyssey 5, Fallen Legion, Greedfall, Harvest Moon Light of Hope, Moonlighter, Mountain Blade 2, Monster Hunter World, Middle Earth Shadow of War, Nino Kuni 2, Pillars of Eternity Complete Edition, and Pillars of Eternity 2, Radiant Historia Perfect Chronology, Songbringer, South Park the, Factu- the Fractured Butthole, Spellforce 3, Steven Universe Save the Light, The Longest Five Minutes, The Swords of Ditto, Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus, Vampire, Werewolf the Apocalypse, and uh, let's see, Where the Water Tastes Like Wine, Yakuza 6, Yakuza Kiwami, Ease 8 Lacrimosa, and Zway the Ilvard Insurrection. So, like, the guy who leads the Yakuza localization team actually, like, retweeted our impression of the Yakuza games and was, like, giggling because I guess we said one of them was super hard. Mm. We did? Yeah. Well, oh. it's tuned to hell and back. I mean, you were not supposed to be able to beat it. Oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Alice has taken off. Thank you, Alice. Um, let's see. And the other editorial things up, there's a review of The Surge. Adventures of Mana, I guess, is getting... Is that a... That's a retro review, right? Yeah, it must be. Um, and Dark Rose Valkyrie has a deep look up. So you can go check that out. Um, I don't think we have any... Uh, figured we might have somebody posting about their Final Fantasy fourteen impressions already, but I guess not. Uh, well, hopefully we've given you some of that at the beginning of the show. Um, some brief news features. Uh, Darkest Dungeons got an expansion called The Crimson Court. That's out now. Dragon Quest Eleven has a big old article thing, uh, or big old video thing that happened in Japan showing off um, Street Pass and uh, 2D versus 3D modes and stuff. So you can go check that out. It's in Japanese, but you can at least see what they're showing off, which is cool. Um and uh, Vikings Wolves of Midgard is adding local co-op, which is, that was the game, that's the game you're playing, Jonathan, right? Or is it a different Vikings? No, nope, I can't keep me. it straight. No, that's uh, Harry playing Harry. Expedition Vikings. Oh, goodness. So many Vikings games. Oh, why are all the games named Vikings? I think the Vikings Wolves of Midgard is more of like a Diablo type game, and I don't think it's... Uh... Oh, this is the one that wasn't very good. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now it's getting co-op. Okay, cool. See, you know what? Now, not only are there multiple games called Vikings, there are multiple games called Dwarves. The Dwarves and Dwarves <laughs> something else. It's, it's so confusing right now. 
Vikings and Dwarves are cool. You can't have multiple games out at the same time. I can't keep it straight. <sighs> All right. Anna, can you do the feedback? Um, yes. We're not going to do stories? What stories? We did stories. We did all the stories. Did we? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't realize. We are done we... with news. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I... that felt like it was way too short. I'm sorry. All right. Like I said, I tried <laughs> hard to make it not take three hours for an E3 podcast. All right. Yeah. We kind of just briefly went over each one. So the first thing, there was some. I don't understand on... Lord Goldas's feedback. All it right. feels out of context. So remember we were talking about fusion spells on Persona and how you can have the Jack Brothers do a thing in Persona 5? Yeah. He's telling us that was in Persona 3 as well. Well, yeah, because King Frost is always a fusion okay. spell of like all of the fr- all of the Frost. I thought he was saying the... that you could do it in, as a in in battle spell. I thought oh. that's what he was telling us. Mm. No. I don't remember that. Okay. Um, maybe he's getting... Conf- maybe he doesn't understand what we mean then. Lord Golbez wrote in and talked about the fusion spells from Persona 3 with the Jack Brothers and stuff. Um, and I don't know who's right and who's wrong. I'll just re- reiterate this. And maybe someone can clarify. In Persona 5, if you have... Um, you have to have two... If you have certain Personas in your inventory, you can do a special cat uh, magic spell that uses both Personas simultaneously for a special effect so if you have jack frost and jack-o-lantern what's his, what's the other one are you talking about pyro jack pyro jack jack frost and pyro jack in your inventory you can do a special jack brothers cast that summons both of them does something different lord Golbez is talking about fusion spells in persona 3 which i think is just where you combine the two to get a different jack but a different uh persona itself right I'm not sure. Me it sounds neither. like he's talking about a combat spell. So if he is, Tartarus. so if he is, then he's saying Persona <laughs> Three had those same sort of combo spells, and I huh. didn't remember them having it. So I didn't either. It. My bad. So that's really cool. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he is saying they had him. So Cadenza had. There was someone called a Cadenza. If you had Orpheus and Asperus, there was a Titania and Oberon one too, which I didn't know anything about that. All right. So um, Victor says. Question of the week, uh, which our question of the week was like, what do you care about from E3 and stuff, right? Um, so, hang on, let me go back to... Yeah, Victor uh, says, week. between the Mario and Rabbid tactical game and Super Mario Odyssey, I just might have to buy a Nintendo Switch after all. Then again, I promised I wouldn't spend the money until I finished all my Wii U games, so I'm going to be busy for the rest of the year. Um, Jay Scarp said... The... What Excuse from me. E3 made you excited? Was yeah, the there wasn't much from the press conferences themselves that got my attention. Spider-Man looks pretty good in Monster Hunter World. You know, Spider-Man does look pretty good. That does look pretty good. Anyway, Monster Hunter World will probably get me to try Monster Hunter again, says Jay Scarp. Mario plus Rabbids looks interesting from the demo, but then I remembered I would have to play a game for 30 plus hours with the Rabbids humor in it. <laughs> Pass. Ah! Oh, poor Jay Scarp. What got him excited with the smaller things? 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim, which is vanillaware with a modern setting and giant robots. Um, Yakuza Kiwami and Yakuza 6. Ease 8 and Zway. And uh, yeah, that, uh, that, that, that's what, what was <laughs> making him excited. I like that. So Yakuza... Two Vita games and a 10-year-old PC game. Yep, that sounds like me. <laughs> uh, and then Jay Scarp asked us a question. 
Has anyone noticed several pre-order games continually dropping in price on Amazon? A couple weeks ago, Final Fantasy XII got down to $32. Ease 8 got down to $43 this week, and God Wars was half off as a pre-order, as well as the usual 20% off for Prime members. And these were prices for everyone. Um, I get the Amazon algorithm decides it has too many copies of Exist Archive in the warehouse and drops the price until they sell them, but I don't get what the point of propping, dropping prices on pre-orders is it pre-orders is at least without advertising the heck of it the heck out of it so he's saying they just had these unadvertised sales which i want to go see if god wars is still aren't you gonna play that it is i got god wars and they actually sent me a five dollar refund because when i pre-ordered it it hadn't lowered price yet so god wars is not 25 dollars right now so i don't know so the answer to this may be complicated okay um some of these are probably Amazon or the publisher guaranteed a certain number of pre-order sales. And so they're lowering the price in an attempt to gain that number. Because um, the, they have to pay it to them either way, so they may as well get some money out of people. to. Right. Yeah. So some of the some pre-order deals come with like heavy contracts that's like you must sell X number of copies. Okay. And that happens in localization too. Like I know there are some... Um, projects that we've looked at and passed on because um, developers have been like, well, you have to guarantee a minimum of X number of copies sold. And we're like, no, thank you. Um, so it could be that. It could be the Amazon algorithm is applying to your pre-order games and they're testing it to see how it does. And they may or may not continue to do that. Um, it could be, oh gosh. And the reason I think that they don't advertise it is I think that they're fairly confident they don't have to. Um, there are so many people out there like Cheap Ass Gamer and Wario64 and um, Ibanez, if you're Canadian, um, or is it Albanez? I never remember. Um, that they do advertising and their advertising is directed at gaming people. And so I kind of feel like the job of advertising is already done. Also, I think that Amazon, I don't know, and this is purely my conjecture, but I kind of feel like if Amazon advertises a game that isn't out that's already going on sale, um, it may backfire on them. It may demonstrate that either they or the publisher don't have confidence in the game, and that may lead to people being less interested in it. You know, what's interesting, though, Chris, you say it's not... There's no use copies of the PS4 God Wars on Amazon now. They're sold out. You I, can only get them. I thought it wasn't stuff. out yet, though. No, yeah, it came out my... this week. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it came out June so. 20th, I believe. Hang on, where's my yearly log of games? Amazon had one allotment and they sold them all. Yeah, God Wars Future Past launched on June 20th. Why would they be selling used games already anyway? They don't. Um, it's third party sellers. Okay. Oh, I see. You're saying it's only third-party sellers right now, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The PS4, the they 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 don't have any new anymore. Yeah. So maybe they had a certain amount and they just wanted to get rid of them. I don't know. Yeah, it's really hard to tell. Are you gonna get that on Vita, Anna, or? What? Yeah, I have it on my list as a game that I want to buy. So Forty bucks, you should go get it at Best Buy, I guess, because Amazon don't have it. Well, and I don't feel like a real strong need to play it right now. It's oh, actually, okay. All right. I was waiting on reviews. No, I didn't. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to start an actual discussion on God Wars. I was oh, just sorry. trying to figure out what we were doing. 
we'll buy it. <laughs> while we were talking about it. We'll All right. Buy. Cool. Ah, uh, so thank you everybody for the feedback. We love yes. feedback. Feedback comes in oh. three ways. Oh, go ahead, John. Let me throw in. Uh, I have a code for Cosmic Star Heroin, oh. and I would like to give it out randomly to people who give us feedback or questions for the next week's show. Yay! All right. So here's how you do that. You send an email to podcast.rpgamer.com, and Anna will read it this week. You call 608-729-4098, and you listen to the show, and you post on the forums at forums.rpgamer.com, latest updates. Uh, there will be a show thread there. Jonathan, do you want them to do something in their feedback to say that lets you know that they were listening and want that code? That's up to you. You might want to have them say like a buzzword, like, I don't know, RP Gamer rules. <laughs> How about they just say, I want to be entered into the contest for Cosmic Star Heroin. Wow, that's so boring, Anna. I know. Say, Adam, did I say it's for PC? No, I know. So. Say, in your post, you must say, pause is the best Cosmic Star Heroin character. Yes, I am <laughs> down for that. All right, there you go. So to be entered into our contest... To be entered into our contest to win a PC copy, PC via Steam? Yeah, it would yes. be Steam. Steam uh, via Steam, copy of Cosmic Star Heroine. Uh, leave us feedback um, by emailing, leaving a voicemail, or posting on the forums and include the line um, pause is the best character in cosmic star heroine there you go maybe i missed the uh the story is that a coincidence or did you actually talk with them and they put them in for you oh no i well i mean pause the character in cthulhu saves the world is named after me and okay. so oh. they decided that since it was a game based in space and Paws was a space alien, that they would at least have the race that Paws was part of in the game. And then like a week before the game, they sent me a screenshot and was like, by the way, you can totally recruit Paws into your party. And I was like, yay! That's really cool. Yeah, Anna was very happy about that. I was very excited about that. Yeah. Anna's More pause in games. Anna's screen name is pause if you don't know. All right. <laughs> New game releases for the week. Nintendo Switch is getting Oceanhorn, Monster of the Uncharted so Seas. Are we going to get that? We have it on every Apple device we own. Yeah, but you, you didn't don't say which. Go ahead. Hmm? You didn't say what this week, your next week's question of the week was going to oh. be. And I, I oh, put right. one ad. Right. Question of the week. Now that the, now that the year is half over... Um, what are you looking forward to game-wise for the rest of the year? And what was your favorite 2017 game so far? And or. Cool. Two-part two question. Lots of opportunities to add your, your contest qualifying statement. Nintendo Switch is getting Oceanhorn. Anna might actually play it on the Switch now, apparently. I don't know if that's actually true. Because you can play it on our Apple TV, my iPad, your iPad, our old iPad, or either of our phones, just so you know. Was Oceanhorn any good? Apparently it's supposed to be pretty decent. It's a, it's a Zelda-like. So, If you like uh, traditional Zelda 3D games, um, you're supposed to be right at home in Oceanhorn. But I guess reviews will tell us. 
Um, PS4 is getting Valkyria Revolution and Summon Night 6. Uh, are you sure that Summon Night 6 is coming out? It's on Wikipedia, so... Um, Listed as June 30th. Uh, Why do you say? Isn't that the Because it got delayed a bunch of times. Okay. I, yeah, it's I have it pre-ordered. Yeah, my Amazon is saying August. Oh, it got August? So nobody w- updated the Wikipedia. Yeah, I'm I mean, sorry. Summon Nights 6 Lost Borders, according to GameStop, is July 11th. Now so, it's July. Okay. Yeah, I don't think So that, no Summon Night, anybody. I, I can't imagine that's coming no out. No Summon Night. I'm sorry. I've caused issues. Um, is All right. Let's see if anything <laughs> else I said is um, still accurate. Wait. What? According to... Um, hang on. Oh, no. Hang on. Now what? According to PlayStation.com, it's out now. What? <laughs> I'm really confused. Are you, are you sure that's not the digital <laughs> version? Well, this, is, this is PlayStation.com, 796 mm-hmm. Last Borders. And it says, oh, is that now. what's going on? The digital version came out a while ago. Um, no, I don't think so. I, I don't know. I'd have to check the PSN. Hang on. I'm on PSN, and Summon Night Six does not come up. All right. Yeah, that's funny. I don't know. Yeah, PlayStation.com says it's out now. Why would they say it's out now? Because it was supposed to be out in May. It's supposed to be out on May 23rd. All right. Xbox One is also getting Valkyria Revolution. <laughs> the 3DS got Ever Oasis and RPG Maker Fest as well. Uh, isn't that Tuesday? Oh, is that coming Tuesday? Yeah, okay. but it did get Ever Oasis. Yep. And then v- PS Vita is getting Valkyria Revolution and Tokyo Xanadu. <laughs> uh, y- it's supposed to. <laughs> is it actually happening? Isn't that like the... No, I don't think... Um. Yeah, I'm looking on PSN, and maybe that's coming out on Tuesday. Yeah, you can't trust PSN if it's not out yet. Um, June thirtieth, according to Amazon. Yeah, and I actually think it's not Tokyo. This Xanadu. is happening. I'm pretty sure it's Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus. No, 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 no. Maybe, but according to Amazon, Xanadu it just says Tokyo like, Xanadu. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Tokyo Xanadu itself came out. I'm looking at the box art and it doesn't say EX Plus. Okay. Right. So this is the game that there's two different versions coming. Oh, no. So Tokyo Xanadu is coming to the Vita. Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus is coming to the PS4. Well, EX Plus (laughs) isn't out yet. Okay. Tokyo Xanadu on the Vita is what's coming this week. Yeah, June 30th. June 30th. So if you want to keep waiting, you can get... Yeah, in fact, you know what's funny is I I have Tokyo Xanadu. (coughs) Why did I confuse myself? I have Tokyo Xanadu on my list of games. Because it's not your fault. It's every... This gaming industry hates us. (laughs) We don't have a unified list of release dates. Everything's... They're releasing two different games that are the same thing, but different titles at different times of the year, the same year, on different platforms. It's not your fault. Well, and don't forget that there's that game coming out later this year that it's coming out for both PS4 and Vita, but the games are different depending on which platform you you play it on. Yeah. That's not confusing at all. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's it. My voice is gone. The show's done. Thank you, everybody, for listening. 
Thank you for sticking with us. Harpy Gamer's done with E3. Yay! Yay. Yay. Thank you again to my guests today, Anna Marie. Hello. Kelly. Jonathan. Yes. And Harry. Hey. And thank you to Alice, who left a little bit earlier. She had to go. Um, We'll catch you all next week, 9 a.m. Pacific. No. Are we doing it? I don't know what we're doing next week. Well, it's... hmm. It's a July 4th weekend, and I think we're going to take it off. Yeah, we're going to take it off. We're not doing a show next week. We're going on vacation. Or we're staying on vacation. We haven't figured out what we're doing, but we're not having a show. So thanks, everybody. We'll be back in two weeks. 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. And we'll have so many games to talk about because everyone's playing games all night. Hey! Actually, since we won't have a podcast next week, now is the time to pimp JRPG July! JRPG July! So, um, we've done JRPG July for a couple of years now, and um, the staff will be playing, surprise, JRPGs. Um, We will have a column every week um, updating people. Um, A whole bunch of us um, are going to be tweeting about it with the hashtag JRPG July. So if you're interested in jumping on the bandwagon, anybody can join um, any JRPG counts. Anybody. So I can work on my Final Fantasy V run for um, Four Job Fiesta? Absolutely. That is a JRPG. Wow. Any JRPG counts, no matter what kind of RPG subgenre that it is. So if you want to like tweet out updates or post screenshots or talk about games, hashtag JRPG July. Cool. All right. So that's JRPG July, everybody. And we'll have like a write-up on the site about it this week as well. All right. Look forward to that. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. I'm going back to bed. Hopefully, I won't be sick next time. Good night, Chris. Goodbye. Good night, Kelly. Good night, Good night. Good night, Jonathan. Where's my stop button? How do I stop this show? There we go. Bye, Harry. Bye.